Blog Talk Radio. With those first cow sounds, what made him out is DJ Trebex. My name is Everett Sands. I'm the friends. I'm the friends. I'm the friends. My name is Everett Sands. I'm the friends. I'm the friends. My name is Everett Sands. I'm the president and founder of the West Foundation. West, 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 West Foundation. West, West, West Foundation. West. What is West? West, 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 what we, want, what we want to do is we want to impart on these young people that we have opportunity to, uh, to coach, 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 that you got to work every day. You got to work every day to be successful. You can't take any days. You can't take any days off. Even when you don't feel like getting it done, you got to get out there and do it. Hey, how's everybody doing? This is Everett Sands of the West Foundation Sports Talk Show. Welcome. Um, we are excited to have you here, and it's a uh, great day. We are, it's been a little bit warmer, which is a good thing. Uh, I always love a, a, a good warm day, and, and hopefully, um, before long, we can get back out there um, on a golf course, and, and not only that, but now that the vaccine is starting to kick in, uh, hopefully, um, we can get back to some resemblance of, of normality. Uh, but welcome. We have a great show lined up for you tonight. Um, and, and, of course, as always, I like to start off just talking a little bit about the West Foundation. Uh, for those that have not heard it before, um, we are a nonprofit organization, and our goal is to help kids understand that they can be successful without being a professional athlete. Now, we want them to chase their dreams because there's so much that can be learned from chasing their dreams. Um, but at the same time, we also understand that one day that sport is going to end. It might be when they're 18 years old and they finish high school. It might be when they finish college. Um, it might be when they get an opportunity to play for a couple of years. They might even have a long career, and whether it's NBA MLB, NFL, but still it's going to end at some point. So we got to help them, give them some tools so they can be successful once they finish their sport. And that's what we want to do. We want to give our young adults a vision of success. So we're going to do a variety of things. Um, one, our big event, and we are planning on having it this year. This year the, the date is going to be June the 26th. Um, we're going to have a free football and cheerleading camp. Now, ideally, I like to have multiple ones um, throughout the state, but right now it's just going to be down in Conway, South Carolina, right around the Murder Beach area. Um, and what we do is we have guys that have played for me um, from my various stops, uh, from Elon College, uh, the Citadel, University of South Carolina, North Carolina State, Ohio University, and University of Texas, San Antonio, and Coastal Carolina. 
and have them come in and be the coaches. So that way the kids have an opportunity to see somebody uh, that they've probably seen on TV or they heard their name and get opportunity to be coached by them. That's part of giving them a vision of success. Now, also, we have the Beyond the Sports series, which is our life skill series. Now, what we're doing with that is we want to touch on different life skills that might be have a positive impact on, on our young people, such as uh, mental wellness, um, etiquette, dealing with police officers, um, leadership, character, and probably one to me that is most important is financial literacy. Because regardless, if you have opportunity to play on the next level, and I'm talking professionally, or you don't, financial literacy is very important. So that's something that we constantly harping on um, is financial literacy. And today we actually have a sports agent that's going to be on just to talk about um, beyond the negotiation and, and some of the things that, that she deals with um, with these professional athletes. Um, but the big thing is we want to help kids give them some tools to put on their tool belt to help them be successful. And, again, that's regardless if they get opportunity to play at the next level or they don't. Success, success can still be found. Now, today is a tough one for me. Um, you know, as always, I have a thought of the day, and, and my thought of the day is Coach Thomas Jordan. Um, if you're from the Conway area, you're probably familiar with Coach Thomas Jordan. Um, he was my uncle. He was my mom's brother, and unfortunately, I'm using the word was uh, because he passed away recently. And he was uh, not my first, but my second football coach. Um, but more importantly, he was the man that introduced me to football. He, uh, I'll never forget my very first um, game. I scored a touchdown. I was so excited. I, I came and I said, Unk. I scored a touchdown. And he looked at me with a serious face and said, did you win? And my reply was, no, sir. And his reply was, it doesn't matter then. At that point, it helped put in perspective that it's not about me, it's about the team. And and that has had a lasting effect on me. Um, but he also not just coached football, he was also a boxer trainer. Um, and he, he trained a lot of guys that had opportunities to go on and do big things. One of the guys that he trained was Bone Crusher Smith. Now, this is before Bone Crusher fought Tyson, but he did have an opportunity uh, to train him. He was successful. He went to the military. Uh, he owned his own uh, mechanic shop down in the, the Grangertown area of Conway. And he's a guy that helped me to identify with the tough guy that's inside of me. Um, he was a no-nonsense guy, uh, but at the same time, you knew that he cared about you. And he definitely had a, a great deal to help shape who I am today. Uh, another story about my uncle, um, and this is really the reason why I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. He, uh, you know, everybody, my, my cousin Tony, um, is probably one of my cousins that, that I'm closest with. And, again, that was my Uncle Thomas' son. And I remember Tony and I were together once, and football game was getting ready to come on. And he asked me, are you still a fan? 
At this point, I'm probably five. I don't have a fan at this time. You know, I'm not a fan of any team. And I'm like, no, sir. He said, if you don't be a Steelers fan, I'm going to kill you. So at that point, I made up my mind to be a Steelers fan. And, and I've been a diehard Steelers fan ever since. And, uh, and again, my Uncle Thomas was, was very dear to my heart because the football side, you know, my dad is a baseball guy. Um, my dad's from the Bahamas, and, and he played baseball. They didn't play football over there. So the football really came from my uncle. And uh, he definitely instilled a lot in me, and I think he helped me become uh, not just the football player but the man that I became today. Um, so he will be sorely missed. Um, but saying all that to say, one, COVID is real. Um, so let's make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Let's make sure that we're wearing masks. Um, let's make sure we're staying socially distant. Let's make sure we're trying to do all the things that the CDC says that we should do. And, you know, one of the tough things is if you do have a family member that gets sick, it's hard to go see them because they won't allow you in there. Uh, so while you have the opportunity, make sure you love on your loved ones. Because, uh, again, you don't know the time or the hour. So please love on your loved ones. Uh, and it's uh, something that you got to do. Okay? Uh, but now the sports. Um, today, uh, my co-host, uh, he's going to be a, a ludatory. Uh, I got a young man that played for me at the uh, Elon College, uh, Mr. Charlie Chandler. He'll be joining us a little bit later. Um, he has some things to come up. And uh, like I said, he'll join us later. Uh, but Charlie was, was one of those guys that, you know, defied the odds. You know, he was a starting center force at Elon for a couple of years. The thing is, if you look at it from a size standpoint, um, he, he's not very tall, but he's one tough dude, and he got it done. And that's the bottom line. He got it done. He earned the respect of his teammates. You're in respect of his coaches, and and he helped us be successful. He helped us uh, take Elon as we were in transition from Division Two to One AA. He helped us find success, and uh, we'll get a chance to hear from him a little bit later as well because he is doing some coaching. But we had a couple of big games on this weekend. You know, last week as we talked, uh, I thought Green Bay was going to go on and. and uh, find themselves back in the Super Bowl. But unfortunately, they fell a little bit short. They, uh, and, and I think, you know, as I watched the game, um, you know, the storyline right now is that Tom Brady is truly the GOAT. And, and Tom Brady is truly a good player. But that game was won, in my opinion, by the defensive ends and that defensive line. Uh because Aaron Rodgers still threw for 350 yards and three touchdowns. But the key is when he couldn't throw the ball. Uh, and those, those defensive ends, they, they, they got after him. They, they sacked him about five times. They hit him another four or five times. And, and they were able to get after him. And when they didn't allow him to throw the ball, that sort of uh, gave them an edge. Because in the second half, there was three interceptions in a row uh, by Tom Brady. And Green Bay went down to school on the first one, um, but ended up going 
three and out, I think four and out on, on the next two drives. Whereas if they could have did anything in those two drives, the game could have been different. Not to mention, I think maybe one of the, the biggest plays of the game is the last play of the first half where it's, you know, you're pretty much saying that they got to even um, really didn't have enough time because it was out of timeout. So there's six seconds left. So you're like, hey, you got to throw the ball to the sideline and hopefully they can get out and have enough time to kick a field goal or just take a shot. They took a shot, um, and they were successful with it, and they got a touchdown, and that extended their lead. I think if they don't make that play, the second half has an opportunity to be a little bit different, and uh, who knows what might happen. But, hey, hats off to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They actually uh, set a record because this is the first time the hosting team will ever be in the Super Bowl. So it hasn't happened before. Now, there's been teams that it wasn't in their home stadium, but it was in their home city. But this is the first time it's ever been in a home stadium uh, of a team that actually played in the Super Bowl. So, again, my hat's off to the Buccaneers. My hat's off to Tom Brady. You know, the conversation was, is it Tom Brady and Belichick? Or was it Belichick? Or was it Tom Brady? And and it seems to be that uh, Tom Brady has found his way back into the Super Bowl. And one interesting fact with him is pretty much half of his career, He's been in the Super Bowl. So you definitely got to tip your hat to him, and and, uh, and we'll see how they do. Now, on the other side, you had the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. And Kansas City, they pulled out early, and, and they were able to maintain and, and found a way to – well, not found a way because they pulled out early, but they won that game soundly. And I was looking for a Citadel uh, – Super Bowl, because I got a buddy of mine, uh, Maurice Drayton, who's the assistant special teams coordinator at the Green Bay Packers, and then one of my old players who's been a, a guest on our show, uh, Andre Roberts, is a receiver and returner uh, for the Buffalo Bills. So my hope was that they'll get opportunity to play the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, um, that's not the case. And as I watched the Chiefs, the first thing that I thought about was the Chiefs are the Alabama or the NFL. They got a lot of tools, a lot of weapons over there on offense. Um, now, again, the Buccaneers, they showed you that up front they can make some things happen as far as defensively. Um, so we'll see if that's enough to stop Mahomes and, and all the receiving core, and, and they got a couple good running backs over there too. Uh, but we'll see what happens with that. And speaking of running backs, Lawrence Fournette had a really, really nice run in that game where I thought he was going to be stopped for a loss. He broke a tackle, shook a dude, and went on and scored. Uh, so Lawrence Fournette's definitely a, 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 a weapon that the Buccaneers have. And, of course, the Bucks got some speed, too. They got some things working over there. Uh, but the Chiefs have a lot of – I mean, there's some guys on there that's a different speed, totally different speed. Uh, than than most other receiving cores. I think a big difference between the Chiefs and the Packers, and of course we'll get into this more as we get closer to the Super Bowl, but a big difference between the Chiefs and the Packers is the Packers receivers are longer. Um, Adams, 
uh, definitely is a guy that, that could be a slot or it could be an outside receiver. Then you'll look at the Chiefs, and everybody can be a slot or an outside receiver because of their speed. So it's going to be a little bit different. Um, but, again, if the Bucks can go on and, and uh, close the pocket like they did last week, um, then we'll see what happens. But I, but I think that's going to be a good one. Uh, but, but, again, I think the Chiefs have a lot of weapons. I'm going to go back to say that again. Now, I don't know what Alabama's going to look like next year. I know they got a lot of guys leaving. Uh, normally they reload, and next thing you know, they got a bunch of other really, really good players. Um, but, I, but I think the Chiefs definitely have a stellar receiving core. And to play against the Chiefs, which you saw last year, last year they was down by double digits in every playoff game and won by double digits. So you got to score to beat the Chiefs. I don't know if it's going to be a defensive slugger fest because I don't know if you can stop those guys consistently like that. Uh, even the games this season, it was more of who will score the most points. Uh, so it's it's going to be a, a challenge for the Buccaneers. And I know that they'll be up and, and ready to roll and, and definitely ready to meet that challenge head on. It's going to be something different. Now, I would love to get down to the Super Bowl. But I was talking with a friend of mine who was uh, looking into some things down there. And he was saying that the uh, experience, the fan experience down in Tampa is like four or $5,000. That's a pretty penny to go. That's not even for the game. That's just to sort of experience some of the things that's going on. Uh, and and that's, this is in COVID. So it's not going to be as crowded as most Super Bowls. I imagine not. Um, so I, I can't foresee paying that type of money to go down there. I'm sure that there will be a bunch of people down there and they will get that experience. Um, but this is true. You know, uh, my man Ryan Hearn just said a media pass. Since we had the show, I might be able to get a media pass. That's a great idea. I might have to try that. We have to go on and take a look into that. We definitely do. We definitely do. But uh, but we've got a great show lined up for you today. Uh, but i got a good friend of mine, uh, Mr. Curtis Walker, who uh, we met when he was an assistant at Catawba. And uh, he went on to uh, Coastal Carolina, and now he's a head coach down there. So he'll be on talking a little bit about what's going on with them. Um, it looks like the spring football is going to happen, uh, not just on the – Division two level, but on the one double A level. So I'm curious to see how how that's going to go. I know a, a lot of places um, the numbers are starting to rise again with COVID, um, but I know they're planning on having that spring schedule. So as they do that, I imagine that it's still going to be restricted in the amount of people that can come to the stadiums, um, and I imagine there might be some stadiums that don't allow anybody. But uh, but it's, I'm curious to see how all of that's going to work out. Then we're also going to have uh, a sports agent, Sam Tiger. She has uh, a couple of NFL players, and I'm not sure who all she does, but she's definitely got some NFL players uh, that's under her under her agency. So we're going to be able to have an opportunity to talk to her um, just about being a professional athlete. Um, she had a, a little 
podcast talking about beyond our negotiations. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Um, next, I got a guy that I had opportunity to play ball with at the Citadel, Tony Skoll. So he was a, a two-sport athlete. He uh, not only played football, uh, he's a DB in football, but he also played baseball. So uh, we get opportunity to talk to him. The baseball season is starting to ramp up. Um, they're in the, in the process of practicing now. And uh, we'll find out when that season actually starts. Uh, I imagine it's going to probably be in the next couple of weeks, and uh, if not sooner. But we'll get a chance to see how the Citadel team's doing, how he's doing, how COVID has affected you know, their season last year because their season got cut short last year. And, and you know, both with him and with Coach Walker, we're going to talk a little about recruiting and how recruiting has been affected um, by COVID. On the Division Two level, they can actually get out and recruit. The Division One level, they cannot. So everything has to be virtual. And then not to mention uh, a big topic is going to be where the NCAA has given everybody another year. So if they have another year to play, do you – and, again, if you can afford to not only keep your seniors um, but bring that next class in, then that's all good and fine. But the problem is a lot of schools can't afford to do that. So if you can't afford to do that, now you got to decide, do I bring this kid in um, as who's a true freshman or do I try to keep my senior? And I imagine there's going to be a mixture of that. So uh, that's going to be – something that's very different um, recruiting-wise. And then, of course, on the Division One level, they can't get out, so now everything is virtual. And so kind of like, you know, right here on this live, this is as much as they get to interact with a, a young man or a young lady. They're doing it virtually. So at times, I think it can be difficult to uh, really get to know them. And uh, part of a big part of recruiting is getting to know the student-athlete and the student-athlete getting to know the coaches because fit is such an important part of it. And, of course, it's dead right now. And, again, just talking about that fit. So if you haven't had opportunity to go on campus, it's tougher to really get a good feel for campus if you've never been on there. Now, I know a lot of times they're going to have virtual tours, but a virtual tour isn't quite the same as a real tour and get a true feel for the campus. Uh, so recruiting has definitely been affected, and we'll talk a little bit about those two guys about that. And then we're going to finish tonight with uh, a young man that played for me at Elon College, um, Mark Unknown. He's a personal fitness trainer. Just to talk a little bit about um, where I, I know some people still don't have the opportunity to get to a gym. Um and if you can't get to a gym, what do you do to stay fit? If I'm an athlete and, and I'm trying to make sure I put myself in the best position as I can to prepare myself uh, for the season and get an opportunity to play at the collegiate level or get an opportunity to play at the uh, professional level, what kind of things can I do to help myself out? So we'll have a good conversation with him about that. Uh, but, again, another great night. And uh, we're definitely looking forward to having all of them on with us and a lot of great conversation. But we're going to go to a little quick break, and we'll be back in a few minutes. 
And just hold on a sec. What do you got to do to separate yourself? What time is that? What time are they getting up? Good. So you need to be up at least by what? Seven. Am I better than the other motivational speakers? I don't know if I'm more talented than them. I just know I get up at three o'clock and put my videos out first. I just know I do five a day. So if you're actually better than me, nobody will know. I'm separating myself. I'm putting my stuff out on Sunday night in the shy, but in the world, it's Monday. So what are you doing to separate yourself? Two, three more. Talk to me. What are you doing? Wake up early. I love it. What are you doing? Accountability. Coach ain't got to tell you. Your mama ain't got to tell you. Your daddy ain't got to tell you. But that's what happened when you got an entitled spirit and you think you're there already. You don't hold yourself accountable. Just because a man is on top one day, it don't mean he's going to be on top forever. And just because you're not on top today don't mean you ain't going to be on top forever. Like, don't try to be something. You, like, don't listen to stuff on and try to be something you're not. All right? Don't be like a studio gangster. Right? For real, some of y'all, you come from good backgrounds. Like, embrace that. Some of y'all come from good homes, good parents. You got two parents at the crib. Or you got your mom and your dad both involved in your life. Your mom pray with you. And you get out the house trying to act like, you feel me? I, look, I, like I told you, I'm from the shot. You can look up my birth certificate. I went to school, too, in Detroit. You can look it up. I don't got to act like I'm hard. I don't got to act like I'm nothing, like I'm going to be who I am. I don't care how much money I got. I don't care how much fame I got. We are humans. Be who you are, bro. Whoever you are, wherever you come from, you come from the suburbs, you ain't got to claim like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you from the north side of Chicago, you ain't got to be you from the suburbs, you ain't got to be like, yo, I'm from, I'm from the west side. You ain't got to try to claim something you're not or be something you're not. Like, be comfortable in your own skin is what I'm trying to tell y'all. That's how I blew up. So I'm myself, bro, and I'm comfortable with myself. I'm about 5'10 with my shoes on. I'm comfortable. Dude, like, are you sure? I'm comfortable. Married 5'10. Been married 30 years 5'10. Two beautiful kids 5'10. I don't need to be 6'6. That's your life. I see dudes 6'10", I'm like, you wasting it. You bragging about you 6'8", you wasting the height. I'm using all my 5'10", bruh. I'm using all of it. Not to be funny, I ain't never got beat up. I use all my 5'10". I ain't been broke. I use all my 5'10". I use my mouth. I don't dream to be 5'10", 6'4". I love my life. Y'all got to start loving your life. And whether you make it to the league or not, you are not, you are not who you are because of the league. You are who you are because of who you are. And if you make it to the league, then the league is going to be blessed with your presence. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Be comfortable on who you are. Be comfortable if y'all poor. If you come from a family right now that's broke, you use that, use that to your advantage. I use that to my advantage that I was a high school dropout, that I was homeless, that I ate out of trash can. I, I love dealing with a dude who thinks because he comes from money, he better than me. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. You got money, but do you got that dog? Yeah, you got money, you got print, but do you got that dog? Can, do you got that stamina? So yeah, you might have something I don't have right now, but if I work hard, I can have what you have. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget who, where you come from. My last name is Thomas. I represent my stepfather who stepped in my life because my old dude didn't want to be there. I represent him. I could change my name if I wanted to, but everywhere I go, I respect the man who came in for me when my father wasn't there for me. My mom was 17 years old. 
high school, they told her to get an abortion. I respect my mom for not getting an abortion. And so I respect the last name. Everywhere I go, I bring my mama pride. Everywhere I go, I bring my sister's pride. I bring my son's pride. Everywhere I go, I got kids, the decisions I make. My son has to deal with the decisions I make. My daughter has to deal with the decisions I make. Your mama and daddy and your family have to deal with the decisions you make. So tomorrow, you start training. Train like it's your, train like this, it's your life, not a game. Like it's your life. Like this is the last opportunity, the only opportunity. Give it everything you got. And if you fail, you can at least do what? Come on, you can say what? You tried. But if you don't go out there and give 120%, you're not a man. A man don't always put forth effort and accomplish his goals. As men, we fail too. We don't always do everything perfect, but if you're a real man, you try. I've always been there. I ain't trying to tell you. Hey, how's everybody doing? This is Everett Sands with West Foundation Sports Talk Show. We're back, and I got a good friend of mine here with me, Mr. Curtis Walker. Curtis, how's everything going? Man, hey, man, everything's going well, man. Uh, man, I appreciate the opportunity to share this moment with you, man, and good friend he is. Yes, sir, man. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you joining me, man. I appreciate you joining me. And uh, sometime soon, I got to make it up there and bring my racket with me. Hey, man, I look to forward work. to it. And that battle, it, it, it's been crazy over the years. We've been uh, recruiting together. I always find a way yep. to play racquetball together as well on the road and all that stuff. So, again, you made a couple trips up. I guess I might have to make a trip down to you as well, but I look forward to that opportunity for us to play again. Good, because I ain't played. I haven't played since the pandemic started, so uh, well, I hey, might be a little rusty. I, I, I still play at least twice a week. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna be there tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. with uh, the county commissioner here in our community, and we play twice a week together. So I look forward to uh, continue to practice. Since you're a little rusty, I might have a chance you now. Hey, but uh, but tell us a little bit about your journey uh, uh, to becoming the head coach at Catawba. Man, it's been a great journey, man. Uh, Again, and trying to find an opportunity to be a head coach, you know, it's always been in my mind, even when I thought I was ready and there was opportunities out there for me, thought I was ready for. I always have to make sure I try to find the right fit, the right opportunity. And what Catawba College gave me, you know, the place that I played and had a, a chance to be a great little athlete there, um, they gave me the right fit to come back and had the right opportunity. You know, coming back where there was a team in, in the community that I knew pretty well uh, gave me a chance to get in that situation. But, you know, all those years as a defensive coordinator, uh, starting there at Catawba College, and then off to Coastal Carolina as a defensive coordinator, and then over to Western Carolina, again, as a defensive coordinator, I had a chance to um, finally get back to home where my wife is from, where I went to school, and uh, had a chance to become a head coach. And, you know, when I was looking for this opportunity, what I thought about most is, you know, with two boys, one being six and one being eight at the time, I wanted the right fit for our family, a community that will give us a chance where my boys can grow up within the comforts of what I thought my wife and her family gave here in, in our community as she was growing up, and, and they you know, were able to give her a chance to be the, the lady she is. But as well as you know, I felt I had the most growth in my life 
was when I was here at Catawba College in, in my college days and where I grew up to a young man. And that combination was the reason why we felt that Catawba College was the right fit to raise our boys within this community, and it's been a blessing so far. Good. Now, how long have you been there? Uh, we're entering our ninth season uh, here as the staff here at Catawba, and thinking we have some, some great times. And then, you know, pandemic hit last year, and, and the year before that we had so many injuries that we had some okay times. But, again, uh, raising and, 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 and putting ourselves in a situation where we're um, polishing up all the great work that families have done with their young men and giving us the opportunity to bring them within our family, uh, it's been a great nine years where, you know, again, we still mentoring men, giving them the chance to continue to grow and, and make their next step. Um, after college into the workforce and into their communities back at home. As you mentioned, uh, the last 12 months has been, a, has been a year to remember. And uh, I would imagine that, like most people, you didn't get an opportunity to finish spring ball last year. Um, so what, what has the last 12 months been looking like from your perspective? And what would the spring look like? Man, it, it was tough, man. You know, uh, we we open we opened up in uh, January, just like everywhere else, with the mindset that everything was going to be just as it's been for the last twenty seven years of our my college coaching career. And then going into that spring, we had goals. You know, we had a little bad taste in the mouth because the twenty nineteen season was not where we thought we wanted to be. Did not meet our standards as a coaching staff. So we were empowered by looking forward into the spring of 2020 to be a chance where we can regroup our team, circle the wagon, and make sure I understand and our kids understand that it was uh, a chance for us all to get better. You know, again, uh, in, in January of 2020, um, after, you know, a rough season, I, I look back on a lot of things, and I had a lot of things in my mind that we need to correct within our program. You know, again, I tell our guys all the time, look yourself in the mirror and, and, and make sure that you're seeing exactly what you need to see. You can't sugarcoat some things as you look in the mirror. You'll, you might see that little blemish on your face that, you know, you try to hide the little makeup. You might see um, that wrinkle that, that came up over your eyebrow. But, you know, I tell the guys all the time, look yourself in the mirror and, and kind of see exactly what you need to see. And that's what we did going into the 2020 season uh, as far as the spring season. Then COVID hits, and, and we had a time now where in March of 2020, Catawba College shuts down completely. Send everyone home. There's no uh, kids on campus. They went virtually uh, uh, throughout the whole campus and went remote. You know, and, and again, we were in a different situation that we were used to. And again, it was all different. We, were, you know, in the middle of recruiting, we signed a recruiting class, and, and we were like, "Wow, man, what what?" What can we do at this point? You know, we were getting ready to go into that spring ball atmosphere that we were so geared up to try to put ourselves in and make sure that we were getting those uh, boxes checked from, from the 2019 season that we were going to make that, those improvements. And we were shut down completely. And our kids went home in March. I think it was around – I think we had at least only one spring practice day. We had went out March 11 and started spring practice, and then a day later, you know, they telling us that we we were shutting down. So we we lost our whole spring practice, and then we, we had to learn a lot about ourselves 
you know, we had to get out of comfort zones and put, you know, put a lot of things in place for us that, you know, we weren't used to. You know, we had to try to figure out ways to communicate with our kids in, in, in a way that we'd never done before. We had to implement workouts with uh, things that we, we've never had to experience before, you know, not being able to go to gyms, body weight exercises, all those things were things that we had to put in place that we were we had nothing that we ever had to deal with before. So we went through the whole semester in, in uh, with virtual classes with our young men, and uh, thank God that the guys buckled down and, and went to work and had a great semester. We had one of our best semesters ever because our guys took that part to go home and, and stay focused and take care of academics. And then we go over the summer with anticipation that we will come back in the, in the fall and have a chance to be back to normal. There was no such thing as normal when we came back in the fall. Although we came back in the fall fully fledged, had had everybody on campus, and we were excited to have that, but we were at a point where our conference over the summer had decided that we were not going to play our season in the 2020 season, that we were going to move it all to the spring of 2021. And, you know, we were left with a lot of things, a lot of questions up in the air, like what will we do? How will we spend this time? And, uh, you know, we, we put some uh, parameters in place with our, with our league, and we had a chance to uh, do what we were begging to do is we took our, our spring model that we were so used to in the spring of the year, moved it to the fall of the year, where we had 15 practices over the course of the semester and uh, had a chance to work our guys out over those 36 days that we were allowed by the NCAA. We started, like, middle of September, and then we went through October and had our spring game. And, again, it was so crazy that during the course of the year where we were so full of making sure that we got ready to practice, got ready to prepare for a ball game, put ourselves in place to go to travel on Saturday, to, to play a game or defend a game at home. It was nothing like that. And what I found, I, I, I watched more football uh than I ever had in my life before. 27 years as a college coach, and it was my first time that I had a chance to watch college football on a Saturday and, and not have to worry about a game, not have to worry about getting up the next morning to prepare. And that's what we did for the whole semester. We had our 15 days where we had our spring ball in the fall is what we call it. Uh, and, and we practiced throughout that time and had a chance at the, at the end of it to put a spring practice and I mean, spring game in place and, again, try to keep our guys engaged you know, we were able to finish our semester on campus where uh, at the end of uh, uh, November, normally when you take a fall break, we didn't take a fall break as an institution. We let our young men and women leave the day before Thanksgiving. And at that time, um, they went home and did not return until uh, January 25th, just, just yesterday, the first time they've been on campus since we left in the, in the fall of last year. That's a long break. Man, what a break. Man, again, as we went over the summer and, and tried to figure out what we were going to do and make sure those guys were uh, working out and, and, and trying to make sure that they uh, continue to run, continue to lift, it's the same thing that we did over the summer. I mean, over the summer we did in, a, in, a, in a, the winter break where we made sure those guys did the same thing as go home and work out as best they could and, uh, the great thing about it, they were had uh, in some states that we had a lot of kids from. Um, they had the gyms open where they had a chance to work out. But 
again, it, it was a crazy time. And, again, what we've learned most of all about, about this time that we've been through is how to adapt and how to put things in place and make sure our team is getting better. A lot of adaptation going on right now. Now, are the classes right now virtual, or are you all they actually going to class? We're back. Uh, we, we just started classes yesterday with the same model in mind that we did uh, in the fall, um, where we're mm-hmm. going to uh, not have a spring break, and we're going to try to get through this semester. And, and you know, the, the, the thought process was not letting the kids leave and go to fall break and go everywhere and then come back to campus and possibly expose our campus. And the same thing we're doing in the spring was we want to make sure they stay here throughout the semester, finish up, and so they will not go out in spring break and come back to expose our campus. So we're, we're fully uh, in classrooms. We have some uh, students who have chose to uh, do their classes virtually, and that is an option for uh, a lot of our students, but uh, for all of our students, but you know, that's a very few you know, who who decided to make that their their semester and uh, stay at home. And you know, we you know had most of them here, and, and uh, we had a chance today to be out on the on the fields and uh, doing some individual instruction and watching our guys run around. Man, I felt like a kid in the a kid in the candy store, just watching the quarterbacks throw the ball, just watching our, our offensive linemen move around, and watching our DB. DB's backpedal. It, it's just been special to, just to see our guys back on campus since we haven't seen them since uh, the end of November. What is the spring going to look like? Well, the spring is, uh, again, one that's always revolving. You know, right now uh, with the uh, NCAA mandates for competition and, and, and uh, COVID uh, screenings, uh, and, you know, we're going to continue to prepare, you know, for us, you know, our, our season, we'll have a fall, uh, spring season where we'll play four ball games. What our league has done is we have uh, split our league in of uh, 10 members. We split it down the middle and we'll have four games in two divisions. There's a mountain division and there's a Piedmont division that, you know, we have two, uh, two uh, divisions of our league and, and what we'll do is we'll play four games each and then end up playing a uh, a championship game at the end of uh, the season. We'll, we'll we'll play our first game on March 20th. Now, our league will open for games in conference play on March 13th. And then from there, um, we'll play uh, our four games over a five-week period and then end up um, playing a championship game on April 17th. Again, I was really uh, worried about – that kind of format. I mean, I wasn't in favor of it because uh, I was really worried that, you know, if we had anything more than a sprained ankle, we may not have that young man ready for the fall. And, uh, and that's when, you know, we have a chance to play for a national championship opposed to just playing for a spring season asterisk kind of championship. And, you know, again, uh, I was not in favor. And, and a lot of our lead coaches, you know, was not in favor, but we did come together and say, yeah, this is what we do. But um, I, I worried about that because, again, the championship in the fall where we have a chance to play for a national championship is what's most important to me. But I did want to work. I did want to get our, our young men out there and get some action going. And, um, you know, competition is competition. We talked about several different things that we could do to help our guys have that level of competition. But what happens is, even if it's a 
a combined practice as the NFL model has done over the years, or is it a chance to play regular games? Those young men are going to have a chance to fight like crazy and play. And, again, I didn't want to uh, not play a game and have uh, the same uh, opportunities to get injured as you would in a, a combined practice. So, again, I, I told our young men, we'll play. We'll play this season four games, and then we'll play in a championship game when you do what you're supposed to do is go out there and, and compete and, and have a chance to go play in that championship game. And, again, we're excited about it. You know, um, what, what I've looked at over the – planning phase of, of trying to put this in place is, you know, we have nine weeks starting uh, February 1 uh, where mm-hmm. we're hoping for regular practice. We're allowed to have regular practice on February 1 to prepare for that March 20. And I, and I just, you know, I told our young men and our staff as we met, we, we, we must rather get our guys in shape since we hadn't seen them in, in two months, make sure they know what to do, and definitely make sure they get as strong as they can. And by doing that, we have a chance to start our regular practice session on February 15th and give us four, uh, five weeks to get ready for that um, March 20th start. And then still give our chance, our guys a chance to get in the best shape, get the best knowledge, and get as strong as we can in order to get ready for this season. And it's a little different mindset as far as having this much time to prepare uh, for a regular season, you know, we just don't have that. Normally, over the summer, we'll get our guys at the end of uh, uh, June, July, and then get ready for uh, August preseason. But now we got a chance to do as we uh, do over the summer to get those guys in the weight room, get them in the best shape we can be, and then go play a, a season and have a lot of fun. Nice, nice. That'll be good. That'll be good. And the um, now. Recruiting. Did you all sign everybody in the fall, or you looking to sign a full class in February? You know, we're not part of that early signing period. We, you know, we we can get a transfer to uh, or a junior college young man during that time. But you know, we we spent our uh, last year class that we signed in uh, February of 2020, brought them in. And then we have a full class coming back. You know, I had, I had two young men who decided to go off and, and go and continue to put themselves in a position to go and join the workforce. I had a fifth-year senior who was going to use the fall of 2020 to play his last year. He already had a job lined up with the military, and they gave him a little extension of his time just so he can play the fall of 2020. He was as a graduate. And I had the same thing for uh, a linebacker who was going to use uh, fall 2020 as his last season. He'll be here in the spring, but we'll have a full return of our student athletes coming back in, in fall of 2021. And uh, you know, we, we we are recruiting off that. You know, we we're, we're just trying to sign some guys on January. I'm sorry, on February 3rd that we really feel that can help our program and kind of move forward. But we little we little uh, had a little crunch on our on our on our scholarships because we have all these young men coming back. And, of course, the NCAA said, yes, you can uh, uh, extend the year of eligibility for your young men, but they're not giving us any leeway in the scholarship count. So, you know, we, we still are stuck with our parameters of we need two rules and, you know, we're going to sign a class and uh, add to the mix of our guys. Uh, one thing that we've not had, which is very exciting for our program, is we'll have six guys who will be in grad school playing 
in the, the fall of you know, fall of 2021 class, and, and I'm excited for those guys where they have a chance not only to continue their last season of the of the year of their career, but also use that time in the spring of this year as well as the fall of next year to attain their masters. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's really good. Yeah, we're excited about that because those guys work very hard. They work really hard to put themselves in position uh, to play and enjoy that last year. But more importantly now, they have a chance to add on to their academics and, and, and put themselves in position to join the workforce with a little bit more credentials. Believe me, right now, that's very important Um, because, you know, years ago, you know, uh, getting that college degree gave you that extra edge. Now you almost need a a postgraduate degree to give you an extra edge because everybody's getting that college degree. So that is definitely. That's correct. (laughs) You're right on that. Um, From a recruiting standpoint, and now I'm going to ask you as a dad, you got a son that's getting recruited pretty heavily, right? Um, yes, sir. How has affected that recruiting process? From a from a parent Again, perspective. You know, then... Well, the thing is, from a parent's perspective, it's been uh, – I, I really feel uh, for the 2021 class, for the highest mm-hmm. level of college football, um, those young men have not had the opportunities to do exactly as they should within the recruiting process, visit campus, um, have the personal relationships that you're looking for as far as um, getting to know the coaching staff, getting in familiar with the players and get a chance to see if you're a true fit for that campus that you're looking, that you're interested in. And uh, um, I, I really feel for that class. I mean, again, my, my, my son's a 2022 prospect, and you know, he has an opportunity to uh, this spring do some of that, which will give him a chance where, again, he's a little late. And, you know, I, I, he's going to have a chance to, you know, make a decision or, or think about his decision, um, unfortunately, before he have a chance to get out there and, and, and totally see everything. But as a, as a college coach and having a, the understanding – of what's most important for the young men, understanding what they need to do, and trying to help them give themselves a chance to make the right choice on, on, on colleges. I had a chance to advise my son as a, as a parent to um, go out and, and let's let's visit some of those places on our own. And what we've done is right. we went and visited several schools uh, with no help from the the, the coaching staff at the school because they were not able to even meet with us. But I thought it was important enough for my son to walk around campus, um, put himself in a position where he can see a ball game um, and, and do some of the things on his own where it gave him a chance, knowing what that most kids are able to do in the recruiting world for him to do on his own, for him, we to do as a family. And that was one of the things I thought was a true blessing going into the fall of 2020. When we canceled our season to the spring of 2021, I thought – that with uh, the Division ones and my son having an opportunity to be recruited on the level that he's being recruited, that I would have a chance to be able to go with him on those visits. You know, again, uh, you know, playing on Saturdays and, and college teams that were recruiting him play on the same Saturdays, I was fearful that I would not be able to have that experience with them. And I was excited knowing that with our season being canceled and those guys were still playing, that we were able to do so. But when they went uh, and had no guests, 
that you know it made it tough on him. So we, as a family, we decided to make sure that our son had the opportunity to visit those schools. And you know, he, you know, it, it was a little quick for him because I told him let's let's figure out the schools that you're truly interested in, and we'll do our due diligence to get you there and give you a chance where you can see those schools. And fortunately, we were able to do that. It's unfortunate that they, we didn't have a chance to do so with the coach, uh, the college coaches being a part of it. And, uh, again, hopefully in the uh, spring of the year when things open back up for the Division One schools, he'll have a chance to do that where he can have some interaction with the coaches as well. But, you know, uh, they they've still had a chance to talk on the phone with them. They still had a chance to do the virtual visits. But as you know, uh, being in the business as long as you are, have been, um, virtual visits is a little bit different than being on campus and, you know, I think that's where uh, my son and, and those kids of 2021 and 2022 have missed. Right, right. I agree with you totally. I agree with you totally. Now, from a coaching perspective, how has COVID affected recruiting? Um, and, again, uh, COVID has not had an effect on recruiting as much as the transfer portal. Um, that transfer portal has put things in, in, in a way that, makes recruiting uh, accessible for those who are looking for the great ones or the kids who are looking to have that opportunity to go to the schools that they want to go to. It is flooded with a lot of young men who um, one or two things, either they're not happy there or they're not getting the playing time that they want there, so they jump in the portal. and um, That made recruiting pretty tough for high school young men. Now, for us as coaches, we have a chance to continue to work do that portal to try to land some of those guys, but it has not jumped down um, to the, uh, the Division Two level where we are able to get some of those top players because over the last year and a half, I've seen Division Two players enter the portal who were great players on the Division Two level, level and go up to the Division One level and, and make that transition. So, you know, we, we've lost some and, and we've not gained enough. I mean, there's just so many guys who are looking to go lateral or go up, and not very many guys who are just putting themselves in a situation that they would drop from Division One to come to Division Two. But recruiting has been recruiting. I've learned so much in, uh, from my experience with my son and his recruitment where um, sitting in on those Zoom meetings, seeing exactly how they're presenting their programs. Um, I've, able, I've been able to implement those within my program to give our, our staff a chance in this recruiting world when we're all virtual, uh, a chance to go try to land some of those guys that we're truly looking for. And it's been a blessing for us. We've had a chance to reach out on a lot of young men on the high school level who's given us a chance to continue to move forward in our recruiting, although the COVID has put us a damper on our travel. And, again, Division Two, we're able to still get out and visit, but, you know, Nobody's really wanting you to come to their house, <laughs> knowing what COVID can do to the family. Uh, everybody's, you know, we're not allowed to go to schools and things like that. So it's been it's been a little difficult, but it's been a blessing to be able to learn a lot of things that we've seen over the course of the last year of how uh, teams are implementing um, virtual visits and communication to to college kids um, and letting that slide down to a Division two level and, and learn as much as I can from that. All right. Now, as we get ready to uh, wrap up, if you could, what piece of advice 
would you give to a young student athlete that has aspirations to play on the collegiate level? Well, the biggest thing, as I've, as I've always done in, in my 27 years as a college coach, is find the right fit. And this is part of my pitch. No matter if you're in my uh, meeting room, in my office, if I catch you, you know, in your school, or if I'm talking to a family friend, I think it's important for those young men to find the three things that's most important. Find a school that has the academics, have the athletics, but also have a chance for that social atmosphere. I always feel that it's important that you have all three. The college experience cannot be complete if you don't find all three of those things. If you're a young man who um, uh, are going off to college and you have the school that you want athletically and you're going to college just for the football team and you don't take advantage of the opportunities academically or uh, put yourself in networking situations socially, you won't have the best college experience that you can have. Or if you're a young man who goes to school just for academics and you find the academics you want, but you plan on a football team that don't meet or fulfill you athletically and you um, don't continue to forge forward in, in making those connections and networks to put yourself in a situation socially, your college experience won't be there for you. And if you're going to school just to party, well, you're not going to be in school very long anyway. So you got to have all three. I think it's very important. And, 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 and having those three to complete your college career, you will have the best college experience that you can ever have. Because the thing is, without all three, and if you break a toenail and can't play football anymore, and you realize that that's not the school you want to be athletically, then you're in trouble. You're going to find a way to go and, and try to get to another school. So having all three is most important. And if you can find academics that fits you, athletics that fits you, and then socially where you can fit in without football, then you found the right school. you got to find all three, and that's what you have to do. Take care of your books academically here in high school and then go off to the college and make sure all three of those things fit you. Good piece of advice. Good piece of advice, man. Well, hey, we do appreciate it, man. Definitely enjoy, uh, enjoy having you on. And look forward to uh, following okay. your season. And, uh, man, thanks a lot, man. Man, I appreciate, I appreciate all that. Again, you know all those things. Cause you, you got a young man who's done well as well, and he, he's on the next level. And he's done well academically and athletically as well. And, I, and with your family, knowing your family as well as I do, socially he's, he's intact. So, again, we've not said anything to you that you don't already know. And I'm glad to be able to share that with your with your guests. I definitely appreciate it, man. I definitely appreciate it. But hey, we're gonna go to a quick break, and we'll be back in a few.
money in my pocket. Keep up. So many pretty girls around me and they're waking up the rocket. Keep, Keep up. Why you mad? Fix your face. Ain't my fault they all be jacking. Keep up. Players only. Come on.
said it right, it's your turn. Before you lose your mind, you better press rewind and get some understanding. Don't want to waste my time. You see, I work for mine. Life is too demanding. Breaking every rule, thinking that it's cool. Don't you be no fool. Now that you're brand new and getting on through, something to take with you. I was your Please bear with us. We got a little technical difficulties. We're trying to work through some things here. Um, but please just bear with us. I'm going I'm to get you on one more song, and we'll be back in a second. <laughs>
Because the finish line is six feet in the ground In a race you can't win, just slow it down In a world full of hate, be alive oh. All right, hey, how's everybody doing? This is Everett Sands. Sorry we're having a little bit of technical difficulties. Um, but I have Sam Tiger here. Um, Sam, how's everything going? All right. You can't hear me. Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to get you one more time. Hold on.
Apologize for that. We've, we've had some technical difficulties. Miss um, Sam Tiger could not hear, and we just uh, tried some different things, and, and we couldn't get it to work out. So we're going to have to try to bring her back on on a, at another time. Um, but uh, definitely appreciate her uh, taking her time. Hold on one second. She's back. Let me see if this is any better. Sam, can you hear me any better now? Yes, I can hear now. Wow, outstanding, outstanding. Well, hey, uh, I apologize for all that. Yes, there's a static is gone now. Yes, I can hear you. Good. Outstanding. Outstanding. Hey, I apologize for all that. Yes, there's a static is gone now. That's no problem at all. Well, good, 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 good. Well, hey, thank you for joining us. And we're starting Thank off, um, how, how did you find yourself sitting in the seat of a sports agent? Uh, it was something that I always really wanted to do. It was like my childhood dream. Um, I just didn't necessarily know a lot about it because it's something that, you know, you see the Jerry Maguires, you see the, the ballers, you see all of those those shows on TV. And, you know, ballers is more a little, you know, older, newer than Jerry was, but you saw Jerry in that, and I didn't know, so I actually started off my career in, like, uh, PR, marketing, event planning with college football players uh, at a pretty high level. I worked with the Orange Bowl and the Peach Bowl uh, doing events, planning all the bowl week, uh, X's and O's of that, and then I got to really kind of meet the players, and I decided, you know what, this is not for me. I want to work with the guys one-on-one and let me just see what I have to do to become an agent. Uh, found some really great mentors along the way that, that helped me and kind of paved the way for me and it became more realistic. And, uh, you know, I've been in the space for five years now. So that's really kind of how I got there was, uh, I, w- I don't want to say doubting myself, but first and foremost, um, you know, thinking that I couldn't do it or it wasn't the right, you know, like I had to go to law school, which I didn't, but, uh, you know, just finding the right people that paved the way for me. Right. right. So did you go to law school or? I did, did not. not be- so you do not have to be an attorney to take the exam. You do have to have an advanced degree. And for me, I kind of weighed out the options and I thought the best route for me was going to be the MBA route uh, because I knew that I was not going to practice law. I My agency does marketing. We do public relations services. 
so that was kind of the route I wanted to go in that sense. So, no, I did not go to law school. So an advanced degree of some sort is what's required. Correct. Okay. To take the NFL exam. So if anyone's listening uh, and is interested in becoming an agent, it depends on the union. It depends on the sport. So in basketball, I believe an undergraduate degree is required for to take the NBA exam. I want to say baseball is the same way. Uh, for us in the NFL, you are required to have an advanced degree to take the exam. And it's a pretty intense process, I'll tell you that. It's, uh, it, I've been told some say it's like studying for the bar. I personally enjoyed it because it was something that I said, you know, this is what I want to do. So I enjoyed it. It was nerve-wracking. But luckily I passed first time. Uh, but definitely study. <laughs> definitely study for it, like anything in life. <laughs> Come in prepared so you don't, uh, you know, you don't have to do something twice. Exactly. Exactly. Now, um, now, do you work with all sports or just football? Just football. Uh, given I really am a one-woman show here, so to do the best that I can, whether it's networking with the team executives, the GMs, the scouts, I focused on football. Do I think I might want to branch out into something? Uh, maybe, maybe not. I do marketing for all sports, but when it comes down to contract negotiations, I am certified in the NFL, and I also do work in the entertainment and reality TV space. So I've had a couple clients that have gone from the football world into the reality TV world. So I do work in those two uh Basis, but when it comes to marketing, I, I will work with all athletes. But it comes down to a licensing and certification process. Now, you said it's a one-woman show. So how many athletes yeah. do you work with? Just you. From retired players, because I keep my retired players, the, the minute you retire, and I think it's a big message for me, when you retire, it doesn't mean that, it's over. I mean, all the work you've done, you know, hopefully, and I think one of our later questions goes on to talk about financial stability, but it's just the, the next chapter is opening. And, and at that point in time, I, I work with my retired players, however much or however little that, you know, they want. So from the guys from my 2021 draft eligible client to my retired players, I have 12 clients. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot. It's great, though, but it is. And I, mean, I don't take on more than I can handle, that's for sure. And 12 is, a, you know, I guess, how many of them are retired already? Two. Two. Yeah, two. And I think we're making the transition. And not everybody, you know, is going to have the same retirement career. You know, some players aren't going to be able to do signings and generate revenue in that space, and that's fine. Some do. You know, I'm actually working on opening a franchise restaurant with one of my clients eight years in the NFL, but he bounced around to about five teams career and now is becoming a business owner. So it's it's something that – Every day is different as an agent, and I think every agent can really say that. 
every single day you're not negotiating a contract. You're you're dealing with little issues or, you know, looking for different opportunities or things of that sort. Uh, obviously, a job is first for any player that is either a free agent or, you know, going to be pursuing going entering the draft. But after that, then you just continuously are looking uh, for different opportunities for them. So it's, it's definitely not a, a career field that you're doing the same thing, which I, it works for me. I always say this, it doesn't work for everybody. So, Cause it, it is one of those things you have to be flexible and roll with the punches. Right. No doubt about it. No doubt. Now, speaking of rolling with the punches, COVID has really affected athletics on a whole. And, mm-hmm. and I know we had a season, how did COVID affect opportunities for some guys uh, to have an opportunity? Yeah. That's a good question. The 2020 draft class got hit really hard. It was one of those things that we were at the Combine. I had all my pro days. I had three guys in 2020, and I had all my travel ready to go. And then I remember the first two teams, I want to say it was, the Redskins, now Washington football team, and I forget who, they pulled their scouts off the road, and I said, that's a wrap, that's it. And at that point in time, it was one of those things that we had never seen this before in in sports, you know, sports stopped. So it it did impact those guys that needed that pro day. They needed that face time with the scouts. They needed to go out there and, and perform, you know, because they were on kind of, I like to say, the cusp where they were a tryout player. And a lot of players that make the 53-man roster or the practice squad are tryout players. And then when it came down to the 90-man roster, um, we went from 90 to 80 before the players even got their foot in the door. So, unfortunately, due to COVID, a lot of players in 2020 just – they would have had the opportunity, but due to the protocols, it just didn't happen. And, and unfortunately, now we've got a whole other class of players uh, coming in. And I think as agents, we're looking at it a lot differently this year because we don't know. Maybe there won't be mini camps. Maybe there will. We don't know. So, yes, unfortunately it did. And I think that, you know, there's some things in life we, as agents, and I know as coaches, as scouts, as everybody, we we want to kind of bring the positive to the negative, but there really wasn't anything positive to bring. It was very unfortunate. But, um, you know, on a positive note, too, and, I mean, we can even talk about CFL, XFL really quick. Uh, the XFL, unfortunately, did not make it um, due to the pandemic. Luckily, it will be coming back. But the CFL as well. Uh, I wasn't sure if the league was going to make it through, and thankfully it is. So we'll have opportunities for players again. But it was it was very difficult because there was, you know, times in life where, like I said, I really looked to be a mentor and kind of like a big sister to my clients. And I, I didn't have anything really positive to say. I said, okay, we're just going to have to get through this just like the rest of the country. So that's where we're at still. Now, now for, for those guys that, would have had a chance, not saying that they would have made it, but had a chance. Will they get another chance uh-huh. this year? Or will those, some of um, those guys that I, have both? Yeah, I mean, I, I like to think yes. I think that it, it's, a, it's a huge conversation because, you know, you have to be willing to say, okay, am I willing to go play in another league to get film? Uh, because mm-hmm. – 
in the sport of football, and I, I speak on what I know, every year you're out equates to kind of like two to three years that you're out. So unfortunately, even though it didn't have anything to do with you guys, the pandemic, it's still one year. So now we're looking at, okay, we need to get some film. We need to, you know, we can all go out and test and run the 40 and do this and that, but scouts are looking for film. So it's, you know, it, it's luckily I would say yes, but it's probably going to be an uphill battle just due to the circumstances. But if you're willing and you want it, I would say absolutely because you can't you can't deny someone the work and if they're going to put it in and have the right people around them that are telling them accurate information and supporting them, I, I definitely think the opportunities will come. It'll just – it might not look – like it did before. And I mean, it's the same thing with players that might have had a mini camp. Usually out of mini camp, maybe three guys get signed and the rest kind of go into that, that pool of what do I have to do to get back there? So I, I do believe that. And especially with the opportunities we have coming up in with the XFL, which the NFL looks very highly on that. So the XFL, what is is that going to be this year? Is that going to be next year? What is what is the thoughts of the XFL? They they haven't said too much. However, I know that you know they're going to have to start scouting at some point in time this year if they're going to launch next year. So I would say it's set to kick off in 2022. But from an operational standpoint, it it probably will will operationally they'll start scouting this year, if I had to guess. And will the CFL play this year? Yes. As of right now, they will. Uh, They're signing players right now, and it should be set. I don't know what it will look like from a mini camp or a tryout standpoint. I would be shocked if they have typical tryouts like they usually do in the United States just due to regulations and uh, things of that nature. But players are getting signed. So it's it's more players that have jobs and opportunities. So it's it's a positive in my book. Good. Good. That is that is really a good thing. That's a good thing. And I know we're we actually had some time where we, we lost trying to get some things. So um I'm gonna ask one more question and we're probably gonna need to go to a break. Um and I'm happy to get bring you back uh, another time. Um, but the let's just talk a, a, a little bit about the combine. How is that going to be mm-hmm. different this year? Well, the combine is not going to look anything really like it did in previous years. We will not all be traveling to Indianapolis this year. Uh, the players will still get an invite. However, testing it's not been 100 percent official it's just been official that there will not be the quote-unquote regular combine that we're used to seeing they're going to utilize zoom interviews uh they will be conducting a more formal type of pro day um with i don't know how that's going to look but that's what's intended um as well as possibly something regional so that's kind of the way it is it's not going to be Everyone flocks to Indianapolis at the end of February, early March. Uh, so it's not a shock. I'm definitely not shocked one bit, but we'll just have to adapt. And I think, really, I think that, uh, I don't want to say a mis- well, kind of, I guess it is a misconception and the combine is everyone thinks 
the big thing at the combine is the testing, and it, it is, but it's not. The testing, you know, it is what it is, but the interview process is huge at the combine. That's the time that the teams get face-to-face contact with the players, medical testing. It's it's a lot of back-end things that we don't see on the NFL Network or on ESPN. So the fact that we're able to do that on Zoom uh, is is great for the players, and, and I think that we'll still be able to accomplish what, what we need to. Um, as for an agent, <laughs> it kind of stinks because that's the only time that we're in the same place with every single person that we could possibly need to meet with or talk to. But once again, this pandemic has taught everyone, I hope, to, to you know, adapt and try to look at the positive in it and, and realize, you know, make yourself better for it or make yourself a better professional or at least try to um, because that's all we really can do. That's all we can do. That is so true, so true, so true. So, but, but Sam, um, I know we, our time got cut short because of the difficulties. Uh, I definitely want to bring you back here um, probably sometime soon. So uh, let's get together and see when we can do that. Uh, but I do appreciate you coming on. And, and again, I apologize for that uh, technical difficulties that we had. Okay? It's okay. Um, Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for coming. But we're going to go to a short break, and we'll be back in a few.
Styles. For me, Miles, it's DJ Tremex. Hey, how's everybody doing? This is Everett Sands with the West Foundation Sports Talk Show. And I have a, a young man that uh, I'll never forget. I remember one day we were going to, we were getting ready, we had a meeting. And he said, hey, Sands, because I was a freshman at that time. How much time for the meeting start? I said, like, we got four minutes. He said, good, I could take me a power nap for two. <laughs> got my man Tony Stoll on the line. Tony, how's everything going? <laughs> Doing great, Everett. Good to be here. I'm, I'm glad I'm remembered for something. I can take a good nap with the best of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, well, you're but, not hey back in the day, things haven't changed. Sleep at the Citadel, uh, you can't put a price tag on it. Man. it it's so valuable. Yeah. So you can't. When you can get a minute here or there, you got to take it. But I, I still never been a short napper like that. That only makes me mad. So, but uh, but hey, some guys can take that short nap and ready to go. But uh, but Good don't. Um, and, and not to mention, we also have my co-host who's joining us, Charlie Chandler. Charlie, how's everything going? Everything's doing lovely up here in the DMV with our nice, beautiful wintry mix going on. <laughs> But, hey, but Tony, you was a, a DB on the football field. Uh, you also played baseball. How did you end up on the baseball side of things coaching instead of football? Well, Everett, uh, you know, it's pretty simple, actually. Um, you know, when, I, when my career, when the football season ended, I, uh, you know, I had an opportunity I uh, got all got all, asked by Coach Taft, Charlie Taft, our head football coach here at the show at the time, to come back and join his staff as a graduate assistant. Uh, but in my situation, uh, my freshman year when I came to the Citadel, I was on a football scholarship. So I, I, I sort of made the agreement with Coach Taft that I wouldn't play baseball my freshman year because I needed to go through spring football and establish myself in the football program. So what ended up happening was I ended up having a fifth year, another year to play baseball. And so I had to make a decision, you know, I was going to play baseball for, you know, another year or, or, you know, get into coaching. And, uh, you know, I made the decision to go ahead and play that fifth year here. And then after that, I, 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 you know, soon after got into coaching uh, and started my career. Now, where all has your career led you? Well, it's funny. Uh, when I got done playing and got done with school here at the Citadel, uh, I didn't at first, you know, you know, get right into coaching. I got into uh, the business world a little bit and, and uh, took a job, uh, you know, selling medical supplies and some, you know, then then moved back. To, I was in Charleston, moved back to Atlanta where I'm originally from and uh, was selling some uh, uh, wire and cable salesmen and uh, I got a call from uh, a gentleman by the name of Ken Crehan, who was an assistant baseball coach here at the Citadel when, when I was a player. And, and he was the head coach, just got the job at a small Division II school in Cumberland Gap, Tennessee, called Lincoln Memorial University. And he called me and asked me, he said, uh, if I'd like to be his assistant. I, I asked him at the time, I said, hey, what? well, what's it like there? You know, it's a, He said, it's a small little town, about uh, 1,500 people, sort of like Mayberry on Andy Griffith. And uh, I asked him, you know, what, what's the pay? He said uh, $8,000. Uh, 
And I said, uh, you know what, I'll take it. Right then a job. Went and resigned my job. Drove up there, sight unseen, and uh, been coaching ever since. So I was at Lincoln Memorial as an assistant for five years, a head coach for three years. And then I was fortunate enough sort of to break that barrier and get in Division One coaching, the Division One side of it, at East Tennessee State University in Johnson City, Tennessee. And I was there for 18 years. And uh, wow. just recently, a couple of years ago, got the job back here in Charleston, my alma mater at the Citadel. So, uh, you know, it, it was great to be at ETSU for a long time. Uh, had some great, great memories there for sure. They took great care of me. Um, but uh, glad to be back in Charleston at the Citadel. Um, it's always good to be in Charleston. Man. It's still God's country. No doubt about it. Yeah, I know Char- Charlie mentioned there was some wintry mix there. It was 70 degrees here today. Oh, man. <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> Road trip. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The only My wife and I already degrees. talking about My wife and I already talking about sure. spring break and going on college tours. Maybe we'll have to roll down. Oh man, come on down to the Low Country, Charlie. This is this is uh, no doubt Charleston is one of the best cities in the world, and uh, uh, it's a great place word. to be, great place to visit, great place to be. No, well, um, on my list. The only, the only issue with Charleston when it's seventy degrees is that no seams are going to be biting. Uh, <laughs> but. but that's okay. That, that but, just it just checks your toughness. That's just a toughness check. Those things don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're in parade and they start biting you, and you have to be at attention. Um, but hey, but this pandemic put a halt to the season last year. So what was it like um, having to end the season abruptly? And did your seeds decide to come back, or, or did they take jobs? Or was that an option available for him? Well, I, I tell you, uh, Everett, it, it was tough. You know, you know, this is definitely unprecedented times, and having to uh, having just to halt the season. We were off to a great start. Uh, kids had worked really hard, and then all of a sudden, for it to be sort of just taken away from them like that was was very very difficult. Um, you know, very challenging. So we we got in sixteen games. And then uh, basically the kids had to, they had to get, they had to go home and uh, finish their classes online and, and, you know, shut things down. We, we had a handful of seniors. Uh, a couple of them had, you know, had finished their degree obviously and uh, had very good jobs lined up and, and they chose to move on uh, into their career. And then uh, the rest of them come back, have come back. So uh, it, it's, it's a, it's a neat thing. We, we, we have a very veteran team now. Last year we were really young, but in one year we got a lot older just because, uh, you know, we didn't lose a lot of guys. Right, right. Understand that. Understand that. Now, the how did that affect the twenty twenty one class that or the twenty twenty class that was coming in? Well, I, I tell you, uh, and Charlie knows this. Um, you know, it, it, it's definitely affected recruiting. And it's really a challenge for these, you know, the, the 21 class, but especially the 22s, uh, the 20s, the 21s, 22s, and 23 classes. Um, because what's happened with the NCAA, you know, they, they gave everybody back another year. So, yeah, you know, for our, program, 
for our program, and we're no different than anybody else. We had 13 freshmen last year and brought in 12 or 13 this year. So, you know, now we have 25 freshmen from an eligibility standpoint in our program. And so the rosters are clogged up. Uh, you know, the, these young kids coming out of high school right now, they, they've got a challenge in front of them uh, because there's just not a lot of availability uh, for roster spots. And, and, and to go with that availability, you're talking about scholarship money as well. So Absolutely. Uh, every, everything's clogged up right now. It, it's not fair uh, for these younger kids, um, you know, recruiting for us. Uh, you know, we, we've been in a dead period for so long, so coaches are on the road. We, we can't go watch kids play. We, we have to do everything by video. And, you know, it's a, just a different time right now. So the recruiting is difficult for the colleges. But, gosh, I, I feel for these young kids coming out because there, there are a lot of players out there right now, and there's just not a lot of spots available. You know what I, I say, too, Coach, right now? I'm sending a lot of guys trying to find some uh, prep schools that, might possibly have some, you know, available spots and, um, you know, good quality prep schools, not just some of these that have been thrown together. But, you know, telling these guys there are different opportunities for them uh, outside of nobody. You know, they might need another year to showcase their skills. And, um, you know, just trying to give them different opportunities out there to showcase themselves and, you know, put it out there so coaches can recruit them and hopefully that year can open up a gap for them to, you know, eventually open up some room in those schools for them to get recruited. Yeah, I think that's yeah. great advice, Coach. I think a gap year for some of these young kids is, you know, really what they need. Uh, and it's just, it just it's made it tough. It, it's forced uh, many coaches in all sports to, to have difficult decisions with kids we're recruiting and with, you know, older kids in our program. Uh, we've all got roster limitations and, 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 you know, no coach likes to make those kind of decisions. But, uh, you know, as a coach, you definitely don't ever want to turn away good young men that are, that are good players. So you want to keep building your program and look to the future. Uh, but it, it has just made it difficult. But I do agree with you. I think the gap year right now is a great option for a lot of, a lot of young athletes coming out of high school. Now, right now we're saying, so you're saying pretty much you got 13 freshmen, really last year, 19 class. You got 13 Correct. freshmen, that's 20, you got 25, 26 freshmen, right? Which means you don't that's have correct. much room for class of 21. So let's fast forward two or three years, and all of a sudden you have a gap. In 21, right? Yeah, uh, you know we're we're still recruiting and we're still bringing kids in, and and, and it'll work itself out eventually. I, I think a lot of these kids they're going to get to their senior year academic wise, and they're going to have another year of eligibility. And you know, at the Citadel and and, and our school, you know, our kids they're very sought after when it comes to the workforce. So. A lot of kids will decide, you know, I, I, I'm ready. Uh, I've got my degree. I've got a great opportunity to start my career. And they may not come back and, and play their senior year or their fifth year. So I think it will have a way of working itself out. Uh, but it is going to be very competitive uh, in the next three or four years uh, until these classes sort of get through and it, and it can, you know, can start getting back to normal a little bit. 
Now, with uh, with y'all normally have fall ball. Were y'all able to have fall ball this year, or what did the fall? We did. Uh, you know, God bless our, our president and our leadership uh, at the Citadel, our athletic director. They were, you know, extremely disappointed that uh, our spring season got cut short. Uh, so they were determined for all our athletes to have an opportunity to play and compete this fall. Obviously, you know, we, we, I think we have an advantage with the COVID and the coronavirus and the fact, and you know this, Everett, you know, they can, we can lock our kids up here, you know, basically. You can keep them on campus, and we've got all the athletes living together in one battalion, so they're sort of locked in together there. Uh, so we were able to have a, a, a really, really great fall season, and, and one of the better ones I've ever been involved with, and I think – just because our guys were hungry to actually get back on the field because summer baseball uh, for the collegiate leagues, there was only a few that were actually being played. Uh, so our kids were off the field in March and they hadn't been on the field again uh, until September of this past fall. So they, they were eager to get out there uh, and, and had great energy. So it was good to get into the fall and get playing again and get back in the weight room. So we feel like we've had great preparation heading uh, into this spring. Now, when does spring ball start? When do y'all start playing the season? Well, it's right around the corner. Um, the first official practice day, there, there are actually colleges playing. I think the junior colleges have started already. Uh, some of the NAI and the D2 programs will, will crank up, I believe, that first week in February. Our first official day for practice, team practice, is this Friday. And then we will open up 21 days uh, from Friday, from this Friday on February 19th. So uh, we're about uh, just a tad over three weeks away from opening day. And uh, like I said, it'll get here before you know it, but uh, we're excited about it. That's great. February, now who do y'all open up with? Uh, We open up this year with Longwood University out of Virginia. So, you know, it's it's been interesting. The scheduling, uh, the scheduling, as you could tell, for football this year and for basketball, it's, it's really been no different for baseball. We, we've tried to expand, uh, you know, we're in the Southern Conference, so we've expanded our schedule a little bit in the Southern Conference. We're playing 30 conference games this year when normally we would just play 21. And then, you know, you're just trying to find non-conference opponents that uh, that will travel. Uh, that can fulfill the testing protocols that uh, the conference and the universities are going to require and those types of things. So I'm sure we're going to deal with some of the headaches of, of teams, you know, you know, having to maybe opt out of a game or, or not being able to play, and, and then you're going to be scrambling to find opponents. So I, I, that's the worst-case scenario, but I think we're sort of all preparing ourselves to do that. Uh, you know, luckily in the South uh, – you know, we got a lot of really, really good college baseball programs within three or four hours of us. So, hopefully, if that's the case, we can we can latch on and, and connect with other programs and, and still play our games. And 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 uh, you know, again, I give a lot of credit to our athletic director and our president. You know, they've they've gave me the direction to hey, get as many games as you can. They haven't put any kind of limit on our games, uh, so they want us to play the full allotment of 56 if possible, and that's what we're trying to do. Now, how will the spring football season affect baseball, or will it have any effect on it? Well, you know, I, I think for you know the entire Southern Conference, 
you know, at, at a mid-major school, we, we, we never – and everybody wears a lot of hats on campus and in an athletic department. So, uh, you know, when, when we have a football game here in Charleston, uh, it's quite a – it, it's quite an enterprise. There, there's a lot going on. It's a big event. It takes a lot of people to put on that event. And, you know, all of a sudden we're going to have, I know we have at least one Saturday where we also have a baseball game, the day of a football game. So I think we're going to play that game at five o'clock and I think the football game is going to start at one. So hopefully we'll get a good crowd from uh, our passionate Citadel fans. We'll walk across the street to Riley park uh, after the Citadel gets a big football victory and uh, come root on the baseball team. So I think it's going to be a challenge for, for all schools in our league because uh, there may be weekends where you have a baseball, football, basketball, maybe even a soccer or volleyball game, wrestling match, all on the same weekend. Wow, that's a lot, especially for a mid-major school or a smaller school because there's only so many trainers to go around. That's right. You, you know, you've blessed their heart. The, the training staff, the equipment staff, uh, you know, just just you know, uh, operational staff, tickets. Uh, you know, it, it is. It's going to be. It's going to take some serious planning by our administration. But you know, the beauty of this place is, uh, you know, they, they like to get things done around here, and uh, I have complete faith that they're going to do it. And our administration's got a good plan moving forward. A question is though, what is the have they have they already given you a uh, suggestion on how many people are going to be allowed? You know, two games. Um, is that a state rule or is that are they looking at is that a state rule or is that the Citadel rule or Southern Conference rule on how many people can come to uh, the game and how they're going to control that? Charlie, that's a great question. We we haven't been told yet. I, I know our athletic directors. Uh, we've talked a little bit, and we're planning on having uh, fans in attendance. Um, I'm right. not sure they've even decided what the Southern Conference is going to allow for football. I, I think in the fall for us it was maybe 30% capacity. Uh, we we right. have a pretty large baseball stadium, about 6,500 seats, not including standing room right. only. So it's a, it's a big stadium. Uh, we're very blessed there. So. I think we'll be okay. We'll have definitely enough space for people to social distance and that type of thing. But, you know, the one thing about baseball is it is outdoors. Uh, it's it's pretty safe considering the uh, the COVID stipulations and the protocol. Uh, right. Like I said, we'll be outside. So, hopefully, you know, there's nothing better than a, than a spring afternoon in Charleston, you know, at Riley Park. It, it's really nice. So, I'm hoping we'll be able to allow fans in. And I think by that time, I think uh, – you know, our administration will let us do it. Awesome. Good. I'm going to go back to the training room for just for a second. How is my man Andy Clausen doing? Well, he is uh, He's awesome, Big E. You know, he hadn't changed. Andy hadn't changed. He, he's, he, he's a lot nicer now than he was when we were there, i got to admit, you know. Uh, but uh, – <laughs> He hasn't changed. You know, he's one of the best uh, in the business. Um, I know you feel the same way I do. I I never would have made it through here without him. Uh, You know, you get up Sunday morning and and your body feels like there's no way you're going to be ready to play by the following Saturday. But somehow by by walk by walkthrough on Thursday or Friday, he had you ready to go. Uh, And he hasn't changed. He man, man, he's. He's in here at five o'clock in the morning. A lot of times it seems like he's the last one to leave campus. So, um, you know, 
and he's he's had such a huge impact on so many athletes that have come through here. Uh, but he's uh, he's still going, man. He's, his motor is 100 miles an hour. Is this your trainer? He's been there since 1972. He has been there since 1972. I was one when he got to the Citadel. <laughs> is he an athletic they trainer? Say, yes, he is. Yes, he's, he's an athletic, athletic trainer. trainer. Hey, uh, you know, Coach Sands, uh, you know, uh, Marty Marty's still at uh, Elon, Marty Baker. Is he? Wow. Yeah, he's, I went back there and uh, for a junior day and took my son there and for uh, to participate, and Marty showed up. like, what are you doing? And still driving that raggedy minivan. He said, come over here and I'll show you the brand-new Coliseum. And we drove in this. <laughs> His old hoopty uh, minivan he had when I was there. Wow. Well, Tony, as we get ready to close, uh, if you could give me a word of advice to the athletes that want to play on the collegiate level. Well, you know, I I think, uh, like we talked about, this is such a difficult time for young kids. Uh, It's going to be a huge test for them. You know, I, I think we have to be careful, um, you know, with the COVID and the corona and, and virtual school and hybrid school and, you know, teams being able to practice or kids being able to opt out, things like that. I think we've just we've created an environment where it's going to be very easy for kids to make excuses and uh, to take the easy way out on a lot of things. So I, I think it's going to be a huge test in the next couple of years for, for younger athletes to really – you know, they're going to have to show some toughness and uh, make some commitments because it's not going to be easy. Uh, they're going to have to go the extra yard and, and, and do some things maybe out of the ordinary that they wouldn't have to do. Uh, but it, it's going to be a challenge. It's, it's definitely not going to be easy. And, and, and I think, you know, this generation sometimes, this millennial generation that we coach sort of gets labeled sometimes as being softer or entitled, that type of thing. You know, they, they have a chance to reverse that now, I think, uh, with the things that are that are ahead of them. You know, they, they could show some toughness and get through this and really turn it around. And uh, I think it can completely reverse, you know, the way they've been thought of thus far. Um, so it's going to be great. It's a great op- There's going to be opportunity for kids now. I, I just think they're going to have to work a little harder and, and, and really show that dedication to want to get to the next level. Absolutely. It's going to be a little bit harder, as you said, more competition. But, hey, competition competition brings out the best in, in those that are willing to compete. Uh, unfortunately, everybody's not willing to compete. Yeah, we're good. Well, hey, well, Tony, we definitely appreciate you joining us tonight. Um, good luck on the season. I know you all start practice on Friday, and I'm sure you're excited about that. Um, the first day of practice is always an exciting one. Be, uh, because everybody's ready to roll, and before you know it, you'll be playing that first game. So good luck this season, and I'm planning on getting down there and watch you all play sometime. Sounds good, Big E. I appreciate it, man. Charlie, it's great to visit with you. Come uh, come Absolutely. see us here in the Low Country. Best of luck, and uh, Everett, look forward to catching up soon again, buddy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, hey, Take care. everybody just hold on. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a few.
Person by stating I'm darkly packed. I know this, so I point at Q-tip and he states black is black. Mirror, mirror on the wall, shovel chestnuts in my path. I keep on the chestnuts so I don't get an aftermath. But if I do, I calmly punch them in the fourth day of July. Cause they try to mess with third degree. That's me, myself, and not. Nah. Hey, how's everybody doing? This is Everett Sands with the uh, West Foundation Sports Talk Show. And tonight, I'm going back to my roots. My very first coaching job was at Elon College. Um, I've introduced oh, yeah. our co-host, which is uh, Elon Grad. And then our next guest is also an Elon grad, Mr. Mark Unknown. Mark, how's everything going? Doing well. I appreciate you having me on. Hey, man, thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. The, uh, now, 2020 was a year for the books. Everybody had challenges. You are a personal trainer. What kind of challenges did you face, and what did you do to overcome them? Biggest thing for me was, up to 2020, I had 19 years of personal training experience where all my sessions were face-to-face. And Sunday night, I'm getting ready to go to work on Monday, and North Carolina shut down the gyms. So basically for two sure. weeks, I didn't work. And I have two young kids. I have a wife. And not working was not going to be an option. So basically, I had to adapt. 
And that meant for me getting out of my comfort zone of learning how to do Zoom. So got a Zoom account, practiced with family, friends, got comfortable on it, and then started reaching out to all my clients, clients, their friends, whoever was willing to do it, and just started uh, working that way. And then and you're still doing everything Zoom? Because I know what, let's back up for a second. North Carolina is, is a little different because I'm here in South Carolina, and South Carolina is wide open. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's a little different. So, so what is the state of COVIDness in North Carolina right now? Well, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. So Mecklenburg County yeah. is one of the biggest counties in the state, and our numbers are pretty high. We uh, Right now we're at 30% capacity, but gyms were closed from the end of March until, if I remember correctly, like the beginning of September. So it was a long time where I couldn't even step foot in my facility. So it was, you know, doing the Zoom sessions like I spoke of, you know, doing some social distancing and doing a couple sessions outside in the fields where I could direct some of my athletes for speed and agility. And then now we're still only at 30% capacity, you know, everybody wearing a mask, social distancing. So it definitely presents challenging with how me as a trainer, how I program my workouts. If I try to do a high-intensity interval session with somebody and they can't breathe because they have a mask on, it's not going to work so well. So it's just being smart, using the knowledge that I've gained over the past 19, 20 years, and applying it properly so people get a healthy workout and get pushed like they need to be. Did you find that um, – I'm sorry to interrupt there, Coach. You know, it's got me a couple questions. Just uh, wanted to ask um, – I was going to go in my T-Grizz. I've got a couple oh, I was questions there. for you, Mark Arnone. I just wanted to know how you grabbed the ball by the horn. Hey, you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? No, but um, what I found is, Mark, um, I think getting back into a facility with a trainer, and I know you've been doing this for, you said, 19 years. I know at many times you felt you were turning into a a guidance counselor, uh, marriage counselor, and, you know, really trying to help with their mental state and social state. Is that something you found that, people were so hyped to get back to? Oh, definitely. You know, it's, I think people wanted some sense of normalcy. You know, it, it was, it was right. such a odd year for everybody. Nothing was normal from babies to students to the elderly. You know, we were all right. experiencing something that what happened 100 years ago the last time was something like this. So people were so thankful just to step back in the studio to get a good training session and just to have some human interaction again. No, right. uh, our public schools are still closed around here. So the the students have struggled and, and I would too. I mean, if all my interaction was on iPad or you no know, laptop, that's not easy. <laughs> you know, it's, oh, I know. we, we got to, we got to be around people. And it's, uh, so I took that seriously as a professional that, yeah, they, they're coming for a good workout, but, that they're coming just to feel alive again, you know, get back to what it was in 2019 or even January of 2020 before everything hit. That's true. That's true. 
Now, now, Mark, what is your clientele? I mean, who are you, are you working with athletes? Are you working with uh, soccer moms? Are you working with uh, guys that that trying to relive the glory days? Older patients. Okay. What is your? <laughs> yes, all of the above. Basically, my typical day. My first session usually starts at 5:30 a.m. So I go 5:30 to two. It's your general population of people anywhere from 25 to 70. And then, even though they're still doing virtual school, they still have to keep a normal school day. So then, 2:30 on, I'm then working with athletes, middle school, high school, and I have a couple of college athletes from the local colleges that with NCAA rules, can be with their strength coaches. So they're training with me. Absolutely. So yeah. it's fun for me. And then, Coach, you know this because, I mean, you were the strength coach for Charlie and I. You know, to work with a college athlete is exciting because there's a drive there that if they're willing to put in the work to play a college sport, as long as you're doing a, a good program, they're going to bust their butts for you. Yep. Oh yeah. Well, not You always got one that don't don't want to work. But that's, <laughs> we ain't gonna go. There. Hopefully, hopefully that was me or Charlie. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, y'all were good. Y'all were good. But you know, no, I always right. I wanted to be. I always wanted to be the big dog in the weight room, so I knew I had to like impress Coach Sands. So I know he was over here pumping some weight. I said I didn't want to look like a little sissy. Hey, you two did it oh, for hey, me. Wait. When I came in as a freshman, I saw the two of you. I knew I had to hit it hard. Hey, you could have been like Putnam and just bust your head open on the squat rack before you squatted. <laughs> see, I have to see. That's the thing. I never had to do all that. I just, I just had my. I call it my cookies. I just ate my cookies and it got me right. You know what I'm saying? Like all that anger I had built up in my life, I could just recall and eat it and freaking go in there and thrash it. You know what I mean? Like, they're in the weight room and on the field. I just freaking, like, ate cookies. <laughs> All right. Now, Mark, let me ask you this. Because one of the things, again, I'm, Lord willing, we never have to get shut down like we were shut down before. But personally, I got tired of doing push-ups and, and air squats. After a while, I was like, you know what? I'm tired of doing this. What other things? Oh, it's awful. To stay in shape from a strength standpoint. So what I did, because if I constantly just did push-ups, planks, and squats in those Zoom sessions, after two or three sessions, people would have been done. You know, it. Thankfully, I went to college, studied exercise sports science, got certified, been in the career for you know, 19, 20 years. So my thought process was like, how do I manipulate these exercises twofold to make it fun? And then second, to get more benefit out of just doing your typical squat and push up. So for me, what it came to was, okay, if I'm working on my legs, I'm squatting, I do 15 air squats. Well, how can I get a good burn? Well, then I go straight into walking lunging or a reverse lunge. That finishes, I then go down into a bear crawl. That way I, I get a good quad burn. So is, for me, I've always been big on the sequence of exercises, especially for general population. So you're taking one exercise that's usually easy, but combine it with two or three other exercises that hit 
either the similar plane of motion or the same muscle groups, and people then start getting that, that burn, that, that lactic feel that they want, that they're getting a good workout, they're getting muscle growth. You no, know, and it's not easy. You can go on YouTube and you can see there's a million professionals on YouTube, but you don't know if they're doing the right thing. So, you know, for people that don't have the experience of, you know, a college education or a certification in training, my best advice is to get a human anatomy book that says, shows you what exercises work the muscle groups and then start sequencing them together. You know, for like a push-up, how do you make that exciting? Well, I would have people do a push-up, then when they're in the top range of motion, do a mountain climber, then go back to a push-up, mountain climber, and just so forth, and just you build on the exercises, and that's a, that's a way to challenge people and to work different muscle groups and get the fatigue when you don't have weights. Yeah, now, let me ask this. Should you do push-ups three or four times yes. a week, or is that... I am the I'm not the Hers- I'm not the Herschel Walker believer where it's every day you no know, thousand push-ups because if you're doing them right you're tearing down your muscle fibers so you know do push-ups on a Monday take a day off do them on a Wednesday if that's all you have access to that that's what you do you know if uh, the hard thing with the home workouts for a lot of people is we couldn't get the posterior chain that no, you have nothing to pull on so you don't want to do maybe I would cut down the push-ups at twice a week. That way you just don't get overdeveloped on the front and underdeveloped on your backside. But, yeah, do them. Take a day off. Do them again. It's, you, you, want, you don't get stronger by tearing down the muscles every day, the same muscles. You've got to give them time to repair. And once they repair, they're going to get stronger, bigger. So especially for the athletes out there, you know, that is your goal, bigger, faster, stronger. So tear down the muscles, eat properly, let them heal up, and then get back at it two days later. Beep, beep. I got very creative with uh, I got creative with blankets, tying a knot on it, and throwing it over a door and make my own uh, TRX. I did that nice. to teach my people how to do some stuff. And then a lot of you know paper plates. You can do a lot of good stuff with paper plates. Yeah, you make it a glider, and then now all of a sudden you got. Exactly. You, got that going uh, you can do slide outs. You can uh, work your hamstrings. You can work. I mean, even when you're doing the slide outs, you're working a lot of your lats without realizing it. So we got creative with that on our end. You know, I wish yeah. people could have seen the the overall picture of me trying to teach. With having two young children, I would have a babysitter come over. She would watch the kids. I'd be in my master oh, bedroom, Lord. angle the computer so you couldn't see the bed. And basically working out in a three-by-three three section and trying to have high energy, hearing a baby crying on the other side of the wall, and then just being wow. in a little space because that's all I have in my house. So it was uh, yeah. make do with what I had, and it, uh, it worked. Now, hopefully, like you were saying, Coach, we don't have to go back to those drastic standards, but it could come again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Now, let me ask you. From and again, there's a lot of stuff going on. As you said, that some kids can't get to their strength coaches. Some kids can. But is it good to get a personal trainer, or is it good enough just lifting on your own? You know, it's uh, 
personal training is expensive. It's a luxury that not everybody gets. If your family can afford a personal trainer, I say yes, but you got to do your research on the trainer. It's uh, unfortunately it's an industry that isn't regulated that closely. So anybody in your town can go take a weekend class, and then all of a sudden on Monday they're a personal trainer. Or Absolutely. You, can, you have you have that guy in the gym that can lift a lot of weight, get certified because he knows the muscles, but has no idea how to apply to anybody else. So if you are fortunate enough to have the money to hire a personal trainer, research the trainer, you know, see what their background is. If you're doing it for sports, did that trainer perform any kind of sports in high school, college? Or if he didn't, you know, maybe they're just intelligent and like the strength field, you know, have they worked with athletes? So it's you never want to blindly go hire a trainer. I think that's the worst thing someone can do. But if you <laughs> want to get a train, no, if you want to hire a trainer, you can afford to do your due diligence, find out their history, meet with them, see if you like them. You know, they, they could be highly qualified, but the personalities don't mesh. So it's uh, Absolutely. I have over the over the course of my 19 years, I've had a lot of high school students, and it's uh, you no, know, a lot of them did go on to play some level of college sports, be it D3 all the way up to D1. And for those that can't afford a trainer, you're not behind the eight ball. You know, you may have to work a little bit harder because you're not getting the expertise of a trainer, but that doesn't mean you can't succeed. You know, it's if you can't afford a trainer, talk to your position coach and see if he has any ideas for exercises or go on YouTube and try to find somebody that, even though I said that there's a lot of bad stuff on YouTube earlier, there are some good trainers on there. You know, find somebody that has a lot of views, you know, and then kind of see what they do and maybe try to mimic some of that stuff. It's, uh, there's a lot of resources out there for people that can't afford training. You just got to make sure that you're looking at the right resources. And if you can afford it, the, again, go ahead, Charles. No, no, go ahead. Finish. I didn't mean to interrupt, but go ahead. No, no, no. I was just about saying, if you can't afford the trainer, like I said, do the due diligence on that person and make sure that you're getting your money's worth. I think one thing too, uh, coach, I think one thing too is um, I think there's a lot of places out there. If you can't get the one-on-one or going more to the group style training, which makes it more feasible because like in our facility that we own, uh, we do have one-on-one yet. It's it's costly. I mean, you're paying premium dollar because the programming and the time you're taking away from that trainer. But then we have group training where you have more kids, and now you're at a, a, a number that you can, you, can more, you can work with. And we got to the point here at our facility that uh, we're pretty fortunate that if we have a kid that comes in, uh, we, we have a certain amount of money that we allocate to be able to scholarship kids to be able to let them have the luxury of, of having a trainer. Because we do it in a group setting. Right. What is the cost difference between a one-on-one training session and a group training session on average? Well, I know at at my studio, you know, for like a 45-minute session, you're looking anywhere Mm -hmm. from $65 to $80 per session. But then if you can get in with a group, 
it can cut it all the way down to 20 bucks a session. So, I mean, there's a, I mean, you can get a fourth of the price and uh, I'm sure Charlie, you're the same way. No, I have it where we can have it just where it's like four, four athletes on one trainer, which you're not getting a personalized program, but you're still getting a lot of close attention. And then I know some other trainers do like a whole team. So that becomes a lot cheaper if, you know, it's an ethical trainer <laughs> and where it could be like ten fifteen dollars right. but then it's more like a strength coach would have conducted a class where it's everybody's doing the same thing for the most part for their positions and then you don't get as much individual attention and that's that's kind of the model we follow coach here we do have some one-on-ones which we try to i got to the point i don't even want to do one-on-ones because i get bored with it I like the group setting where it's like the energy's high. And then the price point for the people that are training, um, you know, they really, like a lot of people that come in with us really appreciate that opportunity to be able to train a facility. You know, I think we pretty, we have a very nice facility and they get to come in and the price point is something that they can handle, you know, um, and, and still get that quality programming that our, one on, our one-on-one people could get. Right, right. Okay. Okay. And we're going to have to uh, eventually, what I would love to have happen is I want the West Foundation to have a facility um, where, one, we could offer training uh, to athletes, regardless of the sport, um, but also we want to have a, an opportunity for tutoring. Um, and things on the academic side as well. Um, but, but that training is definitely a part of I believe. Uh, my thought is I want to make sure I can bring them in with athletics, but at the same time I want to make sure that they are well-rounded and make sure they have that academics. Because as you all know, i got to have the academic piece to do the athletic piece. You can't have one without the other. Uh, so oh, that's, that's where well, Coach, if you ever need a, a model for that, I'd love to help out with that. I, I I feel pretty fortunate that, you know, I created C4, our facility up here in Northern Virginia, uh, from scratch and started my basement. But one of the pillars being character and, and commitment, change, and champions, man. It's just, uh, you know, a lot of people have bought into what our, our mission is. And when I read our mission statement, it says committed to creating strong bodies and even stronger minds through education and movement in a non-judgmental, family-oriented environment. You know, education is key. And giving these kids an opportunity to understand that it can change their life forever. You know, football or athletics can get them there, but it's that education, that degree, uh, experience, that's going to help them along their way. I know yep. it did that for me. Yep. Because it's we, we got to make sure that you have opportunity to use your athleticism um, to help you get to where you want to go. And of course, most Absolutely. athletes, their goal is, hey, I want to get to the NFL. Um, and and that's a good goal to have. But the ultimate goal is, I want to make sure I put myself in a position where I can take care of my family without a lot of 
extra stress. Um, which is yep. always going to be stress. Stress is what I'm going to try to get away from. And putting yourself in a position NFL, to be successful. NFL, not for long. <laughs> Definitely. 3.3 years. I had a kid in the average. I had, I had a kid that I just shipped off to uh, Ohio State, a four-star kid, Tyleek Williams, considering him like a son mm-hmm. to me. Um, and, you know, what I told him, I said, look, you have a great opportunity to get a great education. I said, you have the opportunity to be coached and play at the highest level. You take every advantage of it. I said, but I better not hear you're screwing around in school. I'll come to Columbus and get you. And he knows I'm serious. <laughs> good, good, good. That's important, man. That's important. You got to make sure you get that academics. And unfortunately, um, how many great athletes never got the opportunity to show their their athleticism because they didn't take care of what they're supposed to take care of in the classroom? Uh, so, so let's not let be you if you're listening. Don't let it be you. Don't let it be your buddy. Push them to go on and make sure they get to the academics so they can have opportunity to do that athletics that they love to do. So, now, uh, Mark, now that Things are back. Are you back full rolling now? Um, or, or how how is your – you said – I know the gym can only be 30% capacity, but are you pretty much back up to where you were uh, last year this time, or are you still working to get back to that point? I'm actually surprisingly busier than I was last time, last year this time. It uh, One thing that the pandemic did was, you know, it's – bad for the people that lost their lives but you know one of the biggest underlying issues was people that were ended up in the ICU with COVID tended to have diabetes, obesity you know there's there some other underlying health issues that training can't fix but I think a lot of people realize that you got to take care of the, their bodies so you need to be healthy and the, the fact that our facility you know it, it, it's a appointment only facility so you don't you know who's in there and there's accountability for like what people are doing when they're outside the gym in regards to are they going to restaurants or bars and you know potentially exposing themselves to covid so we have a safe facility here in charlotte where the number no at most there's 10 people in the studio so uh people have seen that knowing that and knowing that they got to get healthy i've never been busier and it's a blessing you know, I thank God that I'm in this position that I can actually work and provide food for my family and you know, it's nothing that I take lightly and uh, you know being around as long as I have in, in Charlotte when the springtime comes and hopefully the COVID numbers decrease I'm actually looking to hire an apprentice so it's, uh, it's a good position to be in you know and it's I know not every trainer can be in that position but yeah it's a uh, so thankfully, it, it's where it needs to be right now. Maybe maybe I'll travel up to uh, Charlotte and be your apprentice. <laughs> you you were the master coach. It, it's funny how if you look back at our team and see how many people got into personal training, and a lot of that credit goes to you, coach, because uh, you kept us hyped up, motivated, pushed us in the gym. You know, you were coach first, friend second. Shoot, friend first, coach second. I mean, it's 
the fact that you got two ex players on this uh, broadcast right now speaks volumes to you. It's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. Now, Mark, as we get ready to close up, um, what advice would you give a student athlete that has aspirations to play collegiately? Work hard. Have a have a strong work ethic. You know, it's there's always going to be people that are more talented than you. But talent doesn't always win. You know, if there's no work ethic behind the talent, they'll get to a certain level, then they're going to fizzle out. But if you work hard and you give it 100%, you will never look back and regret your, your athletic career. You know, it's kids are, you know, like I said, our public schools are virtual. They haven't even – the Charlotte Mecklenburg hasn't even had their football season yet. They may not even know if they do a football season. So you just never know when – everything can be taken away from you. So every time you work out, every time you practice, you're giving it 100%. You know, if I have one regret in my life, I had a lot of talent in high school, and when I got to college, I realized that I wasn't near the, the strength that I needed to be, which then got me interested in personal training and fitness. You know, I was an example of talent can only take you so far. So if I would have worked out harder when I was in high school, maybe I could have performed a little bit better my first year at Elon instead of getting redshirted. So it's, you know, to all those kids listening right now, it's work. You know, if you think you're working harder, go another 10%. You know, it's, you can do it, do it smartly, you know, focus on your studies. It's the, 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 the seniors and juniors won't have, some people won't have game film. So, as college coaches call the high school coaches, they're going to ask about work ethic. So if they know that there's some potential and you work hard, there's a good chance you may get a scholarship. So the coaches can see you play, but they're getting the word of mouth from your high school coach, and that, that could potentially spring you to a scholarship or, or a preferred walk-on if you want to go to a big college. That's very true. That is very true. And the One of my favorite books, um, that you alluded to this is by John Maxwell, and the title of it is "Talent Is Never Enough." And it goes on to it hits about ten to twelve different aspects of where talent is only going to take you so far, and something else has to get you to that next level. And, and work ethic is, is definitely one of those things. So I appreciate that. That's a good way to move with these kids. So. We're good. Well, Mark, we definitely appreciate it. Um, Thank you. Yeah, Mark. I'll, be up, I'll be up there uh, sometime soon to start my apprenticeship. <laughs> I'm you're you're, you're always welcome. <laughs> I, I think we can have but, a meeting uh, in the mines and, and maybe come up with a, like a, a old fighting Christian facility somewhere. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, man, the dungeon. Um, now before we get off, this is this is I'm gonna make a challenge to both of you all. Okay. I have had more guys from Ohio University uh attend camp than I had Elon College. Now of course Ohio's a little bit further away than Elon. But I've had more guys from Ohio come than guys from Elon. So I need you all to get your Elon guys ready to roll. And let's get on down here to Conway, South Carolina, June 26th, 
for the West Foundation Sports uh, the Football Fundamental Camp. All right? That's the challenge to you all. You, you up for the challenge? I will get I'm on social media, challenge, start hitting everybody up, and uh, see what we can make happen for you, Coach. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. But, hey, speaking of the summer, we're going to go with a little summertime for this break, and uh, I'll be back in a few. Or we'll be back in a few. a bit of a break from the norm just a little something to break the monotony of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control it's cool to dance but what about a groove to soothe the move romance give me a soft subtle mix and if it ain't broke then don't try to fix it and think of the summers of the past adjust the bass and let the alpine blast pop in my cd and let me run around and put your car on cruise and lay back because it's summertime Definition of summer madness. 
Hey, how's everybody doing? Is Everett Stans? I'm back. Um, and, and I still got Charlie. And actually, Mark said he wanted to hang around a little bit more. So we said, hey, come on. We love to hang Yeah, around. we are here. Family. But before, before we even talk a little, get back to talking a little football um, from a professional standpoint, we want to talk a little high school football. Because Charlie's in Virginia, oh, yeah. and they did not have a fall season. So, Charlie, what is it going to look like? Yep. Are y'all going to have a spring well, what it looks like is they just – they're doing basketball right now. Nobody's allowed in there. And uh, and wrestling – what's crazy is they're doing wrestling. Um, and then uh, – and they're doing winter – well, it's crazy up here. They do indoor track season, but it's outside. That's pretty crazy. Oh. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, now, my now, son wait, throws – Wrestling, do they have – make them wear a mask when they're wrestling, or what are they doing? Uh, I don't know – the pictures I've seen is that they're not wearing masks. So um, I don't know, like it's been going on and I haven't seen a lot of things in the news and Virginia has this locked, like they're pretty tight, like on rules and our governor is pretty, you know, he's a doctor. So he's pretty hardcore on like, you know, rules. Like we're in phase three right now where I think we're in phase three where we can't even just like Mark, you can only have a certain percentage in your gym. You have to be 10 feet away when you're training. You can all, you know, 10 people in group training. I mean, it's like very specific rules. But um, as far as sports, uh, football, we start football practice uh, February 4th. And we're basically in practice maybe two and a half weeks. And then we have our first game. Now, we're only playing our district schedule, play one team on our district twice. So I think it's only a total of, either six or seven games we're going to play. And then they'll have regionals, and then you'll have states. I think you'll end up playing a total of uh, ten, 10 games to be state champs. So I guess if whoever wins the region, there's only one team making it out of the region there, right? Um, I, I, believe, I believe that's what it is. One team will make it out, yeah. Great. So it's almost like it's but, the playoffs in the regular. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, just like um, Coach was talking about earlier with baseball, it's really tough with our 21 kids. Um, you know, we really need this season, you know, to get some tape for the guys. You know, we had some guys. I'll give you an example. We had a guy who was a 165-pound guy last year, linebacker, could, could strike, Cole Scott. And uh, he's 205 right now. He's six foot 205, six one 205, and you know went down to Fork Union, ran a uh, four five nine as a linebacker. Wow! Um, but he really put in the work. You know, he's one of the guys that trains with us. But he's put in the work. You know, and he needs to highlight himself. Was he six foot 165 last year? Or was he short and he just had a growth spurt? No, 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 no. He was the same height. He just has – we've really focused on his eating, and we really focused mm-hmm. on, you know, putting some muscle on him. He's freaking phenomenal. And he, he was our leading tackler last year at a linebacker. And we played 6A, six, six highest level. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's just uh, not having, you know, seeing him at this size play. You know, people look at his film from last year and go, wow, he's a lanky, you know, white boy. 
and <laughs> this kid can go. So, you know, he's a kid that, you know, that needs to have film. He has some D2 offers, but, you know, I think he's a mid-major kid, you know. But uh, we'll crank it out and work. We'll crank it up here soon. Right. How's it going to work? Signing date is February the 3rd. Um, but the season don't start till February the 4th. So you're going to be having that season after signing date. Uh, do you anticipate a lot of colleges going to have scholarships left over, or how is that going to affect those guys in Virginia? I think I think a lot of the Division One uh, schools already have their guys, and I think it's going to. I think a lot of D two and uh, a lot of Division three schools are going to benefit from it. But like I said earlier, you know some of these kids have been talking. Like our quarterback just committed to eat. He committed to VMI. Like he's a coach. What do you think? And I said, well, you know, if you like the military structure, which I think you'll be fine. Um, you're not going to be commissioned to have to go to the military. Uh, you're going to have a great job, and you'll get to play good football. I mean, you'll get to play some football at a, a good level, you know. And he committed. You know, it was like, bam, I'm I'm there. Um, you know, yeah, my, there's guys that are almost committing to schools, like because that's what they have, and they don't want to lose out on it, you know? Right. Yeah, definitely. But VMI, that's the Virginia Munching Idiots, right? <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, like a, because you're a Citadel, Citadel guy. You can, you're a Citadel <laughs> you guy. Citadel I get guy. it. We, we got to always crack on VMI. We know it's a great school, but we still got to crack on VMI. Uh, no but, doubt. Uh, no doubt, VMI, but, you know, I, yeah, and they're back in the Southern Conference, so he's going to be playing some good football. And he'll play some good football. Absolutely, and he's a and he's a he's a one of the hardest working kids I've ever been around. So I always go, you know what? Wherever he goes, he'll be fine. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So, but yeah, as far as good. kids getting looks, we got to play. We have to have a season. But kids are going to have to come. To, we're not going to have a locker room. So kids got to come dressed in their pads like Pop Warner and leave the same way. Obviously, when we go to away games, we'll get to travel on a bus, but we'll have to have like multiple buses. Um, you'll have we have to always do it's called SWOL. Um, I can't remember what the acronym stands for, but we always have to do a COVID check before uh, you know we get our temp. At home, we got to do a temp check. We have to fill out saying we have no symptoms by a certain time every day. So, like, my son didn't do his today before 2. He did at 2.30. And, you know, Qualls, Brad Qualls is my AD. Brad's like, he can't come today. He didn't do his swole on time. <laughs> so, I, you know, text Brad and pretty much gave him my – gave him a, a, a chewing. Like, you, how dare you not be playing with him? <laughs> Brad Qual, he's an AD. Nice man. Brad's nice. been an AD forever. Has he? He's been an AD, and now his little girl's going to college next year. Everybody's growing. He's still with Amy. I don't know how Amy stayed with him this long. She hasn't <laughs> aged a bit. And uh, um, no, Brad still. He's he's been in my AD. Um, we went to the school together past this year 10. We've been at the same school. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, we're well, good. 
Good, good, good. Well, hey, let's just talk. A little. We're going to recap a little bit. I already gave my two cents a little bit earlier. Um, let me get your guys' two cents on, on these playoff games. First of all, the Bucks and the Packers. What did you think of that? You got to go for – don't kick a field goal on fourth down. That, that, that's, you got Aaron Rodgers as quarterback. And you, you kick a field goal when you're down eight. No worst case scenario, you miss it. You don't get the fourth down conversion, okay. and they get the ball, and they get the ball on the eight yard line, and they, you know, you stop them. There's a punt, and you have the ball in the forty with Aaron Rodgers with maybe forty five seconds left to go sixty yards. That that was a coach who played scared. My my um my opinion on that is, first off, I'm a Saints fan, so I didn't want the Bucks to win. Plus, I'm tired of everybody calling. Brady the GOAT. I think he's a great quarterback. I don't think he's the greatest. Uh, different time error. So let's put that out there. Um, as far as what you're saying, Mark, I 100% agree. I think he should have, you know, taken an opportunity and went for it because then you're pinning him there that far back. He's already thrown interceptions. Why not put your team in a position with the field position to possibly get a turnover if you don't get it you know, get the touchdown on the um, on that fourth and goal. Right, right. Now, here's one. Now, I believe Aaron Rodgers. I, I had an opportunity to do an internship with the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is one of the most unbelievable quarterbacks I've ever been around as far as his vision of the whole field, you know, his ability to extend plays and make plays. Um, yep. I just wonder if he would have just took off on that third down play, couldn't I remember, he was wide open. I don't he know why he didn't scores. run. I was like, why doesn't he run trying to force it? Right. And if I he saw that. The one, that was... Everybody triples the guy running the slant. I, I think that was Adams. Yeah, it was Adams. Yep. Too. They sure that Adams didn't beat him. They made sure that Adams did not beat him. Um, but if he just if he takes off. I was touched down. At least it's fourth, fourth and one. If he doesn't get it, exactly. there was no one. To... There was no one there, Coach. And I know yeah. they're linebackers. I, I'd be scared to run against some dudes. Hell, they're faster than the dang uh, the uh, cornerbacks. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know what, though? Them but dudes can that, run. I, they can. But I believe the difference in that game wasn't Tom Brady. It was those defensive ends. Absolutely. If the, it was their if defense. They got uh, Rodgers off the spot, yeah. Yep. Because defense. Uh, I mean, Rodgers threw – And I kept yards. saying that. So, I mean, he got the ball off. He was still Rodgers. But the problem is he didn't get the ball off about ten times. Five of them were sacks and another couple he just had to get rid of it. But if, if they don't put the pressure on Rodgers, because they're not going to be able to cover all those guys, Rodgers going to be able to extend plays and make some things happen. So, Tampa yep. Bay's defensive ends, I give them the nod on that. So Absolutely. Now, what about I, 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 I said it. I, I didn't say Tom Brady won that game. I said he almost lost that game for them. He almost yeah. lost that the game. Three, but be, the and with the weapons that he has, like, people would say what they want. He And I'm not a, I'm not a Tom Brady hater. I, I think he's awesome. But don't go saying he's the greatest. I'm sorry. I'm just – I'm venting a little. Don't say he's the greatest all time and negate 
what those other quarterbacks did back in the day without what they have nowadays with technology and uh, you can't touch it. You can't even sneeze on a wide receiver or you can't hit a quarterback or he's going to, you know, call his mama on you. You know, come on, man. Now, it's different. Uh, now, Charlie, I will give him this, though. He's been in the Super Bowl ten times, Charlie. Absolutely. No other quarterback. I, once again, it's on. I know, but everybody else got the I same things he got. But nobody else has been there ten times. No, that's unbelievable. But what? And, he, I bet he wouldn't go to like I'm, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They wouldn't go. You think he would have went to the Jaguars? They go to the Super Bowl. But the thing is this. Now, I, I believe he went to the Buccaneers. <laughs> the Buccaneers said, we're going to put this team around you. I think he helped pick the guys that was around him. So he goes to Jacksonville. Yeah. He probably picks the same type guys to be around him. So Absolutely. I don't think he was. He, he made sure that he had some guys to play with. Because he understood he could Absolutely. do Took Gronk out of retirement. Yeah. Got Leonard yeah. Fournette. Come on. Antonio Brown came Antonio, out of his suspension. I mean, yeah, I mean, he has some, he has some cast to work with. And, and then he still has That defensive front is, is that's pretty, they're pretty, they're pretty explosive. But that's the but, problem I have with labeling somebody as the greatest. Yeah. That's my problem. Right. That's the thing. If it was golf, I'd go, he's the greatest, but it's not golf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If we go to basketball, I'm still putting Michael Jordan. And I know this is a, a, a – I'm putting Michael Jordan as the greatest. LeBron, uh, LeBron, is, LeBron is great, but I promise you, Errors. Michael Jordan is – Different the, errors, Coach. It's the <laughs> it errors. Is. I think it's just like quarterbacks. You could say Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback in this era. And people are like getting in arguments with me. I'm like, dude, come on. You never were even around watching football in the 80s and, and 90s. Who runs slants now? Everybody. Who ran hey. them back then with like, oh, my God, Atwater? Oh. <laughs> they didn't oh. take your head off. Ronnie Lott. But, but, yeah, Ronnie Lott, Ronnie Lott was trying to hurt people. Exactly. Now, matter of fact, Mike Singletary, Mike Singletary, which you know is a devout Christian, I heard him speak once. And he said something to the effect, and um, it's not verbatim, something to the effect of, Lord, I don't want to hurt these people, but, Lord, you told me to go as hard as I can, so I'm going to try to kill them. <laughs> yeah, and I like that. And you can't take that right now. <laughs> he, 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 yes. Hey, last he, time I checked, Coach, what was your, what was your nickname? Oh, Sandman. Sandman? Why? Because you put people to bed, right? Okay, don't you can't talk. Hey, no, I, hey, that was my mentality too, though. That was yeah. yeah so. Exactly, the game yeah. has changed, brother. The game has changed, no doubt. And the, now speaking it's of completely changed. changed. Speaking of the game changing, and uh, we got about seven minutes, so uh, we, we, we'll spend about four or five on this. I believe, uh, and I said this earlier that the Kansas City Chiefs are the Alabama of the NFL. They got so many weapons that it's ridiculous. What are your thoughts? And not only do they have weapons, they have a quarterback that's mastered the offense. 
He knows exactly where he's throwing that ball every time. And if Reed 1 is covered, he's going right to Reed 2. You don't do no-look passes unless you know that offense, I guess, the back of your hand. And he he never looks rattled out there. Even with And I'm going to go and tell you. Non-concussion, concussion. concussion. (laughs) Hey, and they – and I'll tell you right now, they're – they're their coach is brilliant. His he is an offensive brilliant guru. Like he is so creative. Like he makes makes it look like he sits around and just doodles and makes stuff like you know, you watch a play develop and you're like, Oh my god, they just ran a screen down the field, timed it up so when the receivers got there, they can block and not get called for a pick because they caught the ball, and then they're already in a position. Like, wow, that's brilliant. You know, or the shovel pass or the underhand tosses. Like, it's like brilliant. It's like backyard football, you know? He's a brilliant mind. Here's the thing I didn't realize until the uh, championship game. They're the first team in the AFC to ever go to three straight AFC championships. Um, and then you know, is that what it was? But he, the, it was like, AFC, yeah, yeah, the host three three FC. That's what it was. But the, it happened in the NFC as well. But guess who the head coach was? Andy Reid. Andy Reid, Philly. So it was when he was with the Eagles. He's phenomenal, man. Hey, and he's he, got. He a, you know, he's got. He's just a phenomenal. He's a phenomenal. He's an offensive genius. Yep, 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 yep. You know, you can say like Eric the enemy. It's almost like saying Brian Leftwich. Oh man, he's such a great coordinator, dude. He ain't the coordinator. We all know who the coordinator is. His name's Tom Brady. <laughs> he carries a playbook on his wrist. Come on, that's his playbook. Hey Brian, what do you see? What are you giving me a lot of? Are they rolling out? The, are they rolling out as uh, two getting in the three? What are they doing? Oh, just yeah, yeah. Just throw it where you want, man. You got it. <laughs> yeah. When you got a veteran quarterback, um, it, it's kind of like he is part of the coaching staff. Uh, Absolutely. When you got that veteran. He is part of the coaching staff because he's gonna help. He's gonna help devise the game plan. Um, because yep. again, he's going to spend as much not he's going to spend as much really most of the time studying film as, as the coaches are. Uh, so that is definitely something that you would like to have as a veteran quarterback. And as you said, Mahomes isn't necessarily a veteran quarterback, but he's playing the game like he is. And and you can you can easily see that Mahomes might surpass Tom Brady eventually, as everybody calling Tom Brady the goat. Mahomes might very well pass that. Because he's one of the youngest guys ever to to yeah. be doing what he's done. Yep. But once again, would you take Mahomes and put him in one of these sorry teams' offense and see the same results? I mean, you got a Tyler Hill who's phenomenal. You got a awesome yep. tight end in Kelsey. You got even like you said, it's like Alabama. Then you take Hill out and you got Harmon. That cat can fly. And then you got Sammy Watkins, who's been injured a lot of the year. 
I mean, he gets healthy. He's a baller. Yeah. And you get yeah. you got a you know, decent back. So yeah. Yeah, they they got a pretty good team over there. But hey, um as we get to wrap up guys, again I, I wanna appreciate you all joining me. Um again I wanna thank uh our, our title sponsor, Nano Air Solutions. Um you can uh find them at nanoairsolutions.com. Or if you want to shorten it up, you can go nanoair.us, um, and they're going to provide you with your MERV 13 air filters. They also have face masks that are very breathable, along with the face mask filters. So thank you, Nano Air, for, for uh, being our title. But, uh, but it's been a great day. Uh, we had a, a great guest list, and we had some great conversations. So I appreciate, again, you all joining me, and definitely look forward to getting you two back on with us again sometime, and also look yes, forward sir. to YouTube going the recruiting trails out so we can get a more Elon presence at the camp this year, which is going to be June 26th, again, in Conway, South Carolina, June 26th. It's a free camp um, where we provide meals, um, and again, we're going to have a lot of great young coaches out there running around, so thank you all. Um, everybody have a great night, and we got another great lineup for you next week. Uh, but everybody take awesome. care. Have Thank a great you, week. Coach. Thanks again, guys. We um man, we got something special going. It's crazy, man. I didn't. You do. You got, a lot, you got a lot of. I mean, we we start we start we're starting to get more people up in here. I mean, hell, we got Bradley Bill's wife was up in here training the other day. Like I was like, wow. Like different people were just showing up. I got some guys that are Who coming in training and. Huh. Who is Bradley Bill? The basketball player. He's an all-star yeah. guard for uh, yeah. Wizards. You know what? But like I got a I guy in daughter- here training. He's what's that, coach? My daughter brought me a salad, and I thought this was grilled chicken, and it's bread. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> like a little carb load and get ready for all that cardio you're talking about doing. Oh uh, yeah, you're gonna get can- sixty. That's the problem. I can't have any carbs. Tracy got me on that keto, man. Hey, just just watch. She got me on that keto sure that diet. I'd be I'd be sneaking in them Cheetos at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you want to get I'd be like open the bag. I'd be drinking it. I'd be drinking it right, uh, and I can't eat it too much because it'd be like <laughs> get busted, you know. She got to come around and say like, "Busted, I got you, sucker." <laughs> You like that commercial where he turns the light on and he sees the cat got the eating the Cheetos too? <laughs> oh yeah, that's me. That's me. Be sneaking it in, man. I'd be making sure she's asleep. Shy, she's asleep. Go sneak me an orange. <laughs> <laughs> like a crackhead. <laughs> yeah, be calling me, man. Cheetos be calling me. Ha, ha, ha.
<laughs> it be calling me, man. Jeez. I'm just trying to get, I keep telling my son, I said, I'm going to be smaller than you. Okay, he's pushing. My son's two, oh, I think he's like 280 now. He's 15 years old. Wow. Wow. Freaking, he's going to be strong. He's going to be stronger than me, coach. And that's the goal, isn't it? Make make them better than us? Yeah. yeah. Well, hey. I mean, he can bend, though. He can bend. No, and, uh, no. He just, he, he ain't got that dog in him, though. You know, that's the only difference. My, my oldest son ended up running a, at the Citadel's camp, he ran a 4.39. So, wow. He can he can win. He and his and his team they went to the state in Texas um, in the four by two. Um, I remember that. Which, yeah, which to give you an idea of of what those guys are doing, the third place team in the state meet broke the state record. The wow. third, third place, place team broke. Yeah. <laughs> First oh place. I mean, those team are future future national. Olympians. Yes. Exactly. There's some dudes I think a straight roll. And uh I had a group of freshmen what? that broke the national broke the national record. Not national, he was at USC, Ricky Morgan. And Musa Keem Williams, those dudes. But where's your son, coach? He was at Vanderbilt, right? Yep, he's still there. Is he still playing? He retired. He's a mechanical engineer, oh, major. Man. Good for him. That's awesome. Save his brain and Look. make some good loop. Oh, well, this is this is what he's done already. Again, it was always good to have connections. So he's able to do an internship oh, yeah. before his freshman year. He did another oh. internship before his sophomore. In, in October, he signed an agreement with Dow Chemical to do an internship with him, uh, do a co-op with him this summer. Um, the summer after his junior year, he has another 12 weeks with him. Then what would be his second semester senior year, he'll be with them for another for the whole semester and then be with them all summer. Then he'll come back in that fall, finish his senior year, and then start working <clears> in <throat> January. Wow. So it hasn't zero That's all. Lined up. He's just a sophomore. That's cool. That's so, wild. Yep. And them jokers, they're going to pay him $4,800 a month to do a co-op. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's uh, so yeah. We're 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 proud of him. We're proud of him. And uh, you should be. Even though I was still loving to play football, but I'm definitely proud of. Him. Now my youngest <laughs> one, I, I got, I'm starting to train him now. I'm starting to train him now. So how old is he? Now? He's not very. He's 13. Um, I got a 13 year old too. Yeah, but he's not very strong, so we in the, I'm getting him in the weight room a couple of days a week, so we can go on and start trying to build that base strength and get him ready. No to doubt, roll. my 13 year old, my 13 year old could probably be better at, than my older son. He's just a freaking. Yeah. He, yep. He's a very hard headed, stubborn ass kid. 
Well, well, my youngest son, he's got that it factor where he just want to win. And he's just like, I'm finding a way it. to win. Right. It's kind of like when it. he was playing baseball. When he was, he's 13 now, it's probably when he was nine. Um, he's playing baseball. I said, son, I, I want you to go out there, uh, get the ball on the tee, and I want you to hit 50 balls a day. Now, I'm on the road recruiting at this time, right? And one day I called home, like, where's Joe? Oh, he outside hitting baseballs. Told him to do it. <laughs> Said it's going to make him better. He's that guy that's going to go, hey, I'm, I'm going to find a way to be the best that I can be. And uh, and that's good. And that's the, when sometimes, I'm like, son, you want to go work out? Sure. So he'll get up on like a get up from playing a game and say, let's go work out. So, hey, I'm going to push him because uh, I think he got a chance to be pretty good. So let's go. That's awesome. Let go, let go, let go. All right, guys, I got to head on out of here. It was good catching up with you. All right, here Definitely, definitely, and, uh, definitely. And, uh, and definitely. Yeah, Coach, I'll text start. you, and Charlie, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a message, and we'll, uh, we can, we can talk shop a little bit, Charlie. Absolutely, <laughs> man. Love to. Hey, man, right. love you, you guys. guys. Be good. All right, Charlie, thanks for having us. Yes, sir, and I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right, take care. Bye. Bye.